to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. And joining us again for the <laughs> next time, <laughs> can't be the last time, uh, oh, Mr. Rock and Dave Blair. Yeah. Time. A hey, long time friend of the show. Hey, how you Great doing? to be back here again in this beautiful studio in downtown Mandan. It's kind of messy in here, though. I don't know. We've been getting... Who, who makes it messy? Well, I do a little bit. You know, when Steve is here, of course, uh, I sit over where you're at. So I, I get the uh, job of running the board today. I haven't done this for a while. I have a feeling I'm going to mess up a little bit. I'm just telling you. Well, Hopefully not too much. Hopefully we won't have to record the same seg- segment yeah. over and over again, right? Don't ask me to come. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah, we've been, uh, as you can see, uh, through the mess there, we've been getting some stuff in. Yeah, some um, cool stuff. People people send us things in front of CES. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, um, we'll start trying some of the stuff out. I know Steve's really excited about getting a Yarbo, of course. You know what a Yarbo is, right? No. So the Yarbo, I can't believe we're talking about this again. This is so funny. Uh, the Yarbo is a robot for your yard. Oh, okay. So it, but it's not just, it's not like my mower, right? I mean, it, it is. Uh, I have a robotic right. lawnmower. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love it, by the way. That thing, I can't get over how good our yard looked this year. Uh, after it, you know, after I had to fix the yard from all the voles we had over the winter, but, um, but it came back good and the, the mower mows every day for an hour or so and, and gets it all cleaned up every day and always looks nice. So it's great. And the Yarbo is kind of an extension of that. So you have the mower, you have, um, it, it, there's a leaf blower that's built into the thing. So it'll go out and basically clean up your leaves. It will, um, take your garbage out. So like you, the garbage bin that you use to take out to the curb, there's an attachment on this thing that'll actually go and it'll, it'll, um, grab, there's a, there's a, for lack of a better way to say this. So, if it, if you've programmed it so that, uh, like today is garbage day, um, of course, or, oh, it's Saturday, so maybe it's not garbage day for a lot of people. But if it's your garbage day and you want to take the garbage out at 6 in the morning, Yarbo will actually put that unit on itself. Uh, it has all the different uh, type of attachments. It'll actually add it to itself. Go grab your garbage and take it out to the street. Isn't that cool? And then when it snows, it also moves snow. Oh. So it's it's one unit that does all of this. It be a pretty powerful. Yeah, it's unit. it's a little bigger than than like the normal uh, mower that you'd see running around a robotic mower. But uh, and anyway, I have an invite. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get there at CES this year to go to their booth. Okay. And of course, Steve is all jealous about this because uh, I'm going to talk to the Yarbo people and. We talk about it all the time on the show, which is why I think we have an invite uh, to go check it out. So we're pretty excited about that. I don't know if they'll send us a, a sample. These are not cheap units, of course. Well, I think sure they, they run about $3,000. Okay. But, you know, if you think about it, 
you'll pay what six to eight hundred or nine hundred dollars for a good lawnmower, right? A good snowblower yeah. is probably eight hundred or a thousand bucks, right? Right. So you're already at you're starting to push two grand already. If you were going to get a couple of new things, um, it's not much more, and you have something that's going to do it by itself. And then, what is your time worth? If you're mowing your own yard, for example, yep. uh, you know, all of a sudden you have at least one day a week in the summer that's available. And wouldn't it be cool when you wake up in the morning and go out to go to work or whatever, and it snowed overnight that your driveway and your sidewalk is cleared off already? Yeah. How cool would that be? Yeah. Just it really would be. So you would store this robot in your garage probably so then when it did snow, it was programmed to know that it has to go and shovel. Right, right. Yeah, and it, it, it actually pushes snow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I seen a video that it was able to handle up to six inches of snow. Oh. Uh, so, but you have to think about this. I mean, most of the time when it snows, you're not going to get six inches an hour. I mean, it happens occasionally, but, you know, we don't get the big mountain snows, but we do get some here occasionally. Uh, but it'll just go back out and do it again. You know, it'll nest, sure. nest for a while, charge back up, and then when there's another inch or two, it'll just go out and push that off. Um, and just keep doing that so it's always staying cleared yeah. even during a snowstorm. Well, I think uh, you need to get one of those. Okay, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should have one, and I think I should take it over to Dave's house, and yeah, Dave could check, check it out and see. Yep. Well, we were talking a little bit about CES, and I mentioned about this on Shark Tank, I had seen uh, one of these uh, scooters that is a suitcase scooter. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, I remember seeing that at CES. And now the guy was at Shark Tank trying to raise some money <laughs> for it now, too. Uh, but that's the cool thing about CES is how much things that you see actually uh, you shows up in a hardware store or something. So what is the, well, first of all, so CES, everybody, if you're not familiar with that term, uh, they don't like us to call us this anymore, but it's the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, but a couple of years ago, they actually came out and said that we're not going to refer to it as that anymore. It's just CES. Uh, but that's what it is. And you'll have all these latest and greatest things. There's there's over 200,000 new product uh, that are announced every year at CES. There's 10,000 media that show up at it. So there's 20, if every media person that's there uh, did 20 stories each, they would still not overlap with somebody else because there's so many new products that come out and new ideas and whatever at the show. So it's it's immense. Um, but thinking back over the years, Dave, you've been there a couple times. Uh What's the thing that you saw a few years ago or whatever that, that really just stood out for you? Is there anything that comes to mind? Other than yeah. Short take? yeah. The, the flying uh, police car. Oh. The motorcycle. Yes. Yeah I, yeah. I remember that. You were actually, uh, um, well, tell everybody how that went down. Well, it's walking around and I noticed this uh, vehicle that looked like a motorcycle, but it had the, it had the uh, propellers on four sides. So 
I was listening into one of the guys talking about the process and how they had developed it, and, and then I said, hey, uh, we're doing this show recording, and we'd love to be able to come over and and record me being on the on the cycle, right? And uh, so they actually started it off. In, <laughs> we're, in, uh, we're in a building, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we're inside. This is the building. vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine a, a six, maybe ten foot desk, uh, but it looks like a motorcycle with the uh, propellers on four sides. But and they're facing down toward. They're facing down, right? Uh, and anyway, uh, they started it up and, uh, it was, it was really cool, but they told me not to lift it off the ground because <laughs> they hadn't gotten permission from CES to actually fly it well, in I, the building. Well, of course they I'm did. Mad, yeah. I can imagine yeah. why not. Yeah. <laughs> so did... The air displacement off it was pretty significant. Oh, yeah. I was standing by it, and my one hair was flapping in the wind, you know. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. there was definitely a lot of power to get it. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the technology uh, was uh, still evolving uh, to the point where uh, the uh, I, I don't know if they ended up having... Um, you know, making some of these. I mean, this was a prototype. I think they actually had th- three different. They did, yeah, there. yeah. Um, but you know, we're talking about a police motorcycle that can lift up and fly over the top of everything. It's kind of like a little mini helicopter, right? Uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I was pretty excited of pretty excited about that they are actually using those in dubai yeah you know dubai always seems to be at the forefront of these things i don't know if it's just because they you know the the basis of dubai they don't have to go through all the um government requirements that we have to here in the united states or what right. have you. but even even uh ehang's uh flying car right is in is actually being used there as a taxi right now yeah uh, you can just go to a predestined uh place yeah. and they just fly across the city and drop you off at another spot on the other side of the city or whatever and they're starting to build more and more of those around so um, you know, it's not like you can go right to your favorite coffee shop or whatever yet, but they're starting to use these to move people around town a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 that, I remember that, uh, that flying motorcycle. That was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they had done some, uh, uh, they had done, they had a nice little video of it flying around in a parking lot and showing how it worked and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, I think the technology, if I'm not mistaken, these guys were from Russia. And, uh, you know, there again, you're trying to get approval to use these things in the United States versus, uh, Dubai or in Russia. But, uh, uh, who knows? We'll maybe we'll see them here again someday. Yeah, you, you never know. And and uh, of course, North Dakota, uh, where we're sitting right now, uh, leads the world in drone development. Yep. And I would expect that a town like Grand Forks, North Dakota, or whatever, would be one of the first integrators in the country to utilize something like this too. You would 
you would think that yeah we've we've come a, a long ways in that whole drone technology and then North Dakota's being able to get a lot of approval from FFA so yep so Yep, and if you're just joining us, everybody, Rock and Dave Blair is in studio with us today uh, on the Tech Ranch. We are going to uh, probably do some other deep dives into CES as we move through the show. So thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So I see a new thing. All right, maybe it's not a new thing, Dave, uh, but... Maybe for the use of this, uh, the heat that's being generated from like data centers. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer data or data? Data. All right. I, people say it. I, I, I use both all the time. Yeah, and I probably do too. Uh, I wonder if, I mean, data, of course, reminds everybody of Star Trek and the data character there, yeah. uh, Brent Spiner. But um, yeah, so, so Meta, Facebook, uh, they're using the heat that they generate from their data centers to start heating homes. Cool. Or hot. Well, hot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's, that's an interesting use for, for, you know, a data center. Now I would, I would have to expect, and I think it's in, uh, I'll have to look up the name of the town that they're doing this in, but my, my expectation is that it's a cold climate, uh, town because they probably utilize, I think a lot of data centers like to be located in cooler climates because they can use the yep. cooler air to help cool them down a little bit. Exactly. Um, you know, probably doesn't get as hot in the summertime as well. So it helps with the cooling of these things too, but they generate an immense amount of heat. Just an immense amount of heat, whether you're, you know, mining for cryptos or processing data like you would be for, you know, Facebook or Google or whatever. So I would imagine that, you know, this is a, you know, interesting way to use the heat that's coming off of these. Well, you know, one of the things about uh, repurposing uh, products that aren't uh, meant to utilize, uh, in other resources. I, you know, I think it's pretty cool that they have, uh, developed some now to transfer the heat, uh, off of these data, data centers, uh, for, um, for heating. Uh, you know, back, Back in the olden days, yeah, there was a lot of the olden days. Steam was used for heating, and absolutely, actually, like, well, heat was actually actually used for making electricity, making electricity, right, too. Uh, yeah, know. and the byproduct of the of the making electricity was the steam. Was the what do you steam. do with the steam then? Right, you can yep put it out, gas it into the atmosphere, or you could. Use it to heat homes or, Use or businesses. Exactly. Yeah, and there's even even in downtown Mandan, uh, there are still some of the buildings that are standing that still have the steam uh, radiators. Oh yeah, inside their buildings. I think most people just paint them and use them as you know, or make shelves I know. or whatever. Hot water heat. Okay, which is similar to steam. You still got to bleed it, but my house was built in 1912, so I had. Uh, a massive boiler when I bought the house. Now I've got a new boiler, a lot smaller. But it's amazing the heat that's just hot water. 
Council, oh. you're still using hot water heat. Yeah. How how does that compare to like conventional um forced air? air. Forced air. Yeah. Forced do you, air. you like it better? Oh man, it's more constant. You don't have the cold, you know, where you got this blast of warm air and then it shuts down and then it cools off. It's just a very constant heat. Okay. And the other thing is that it doesn't dry the house out like forced air does. That is true. You know, so I I, I love it. It's uh it's a great uh a great uh, heating source. I was trying to figure out is how could we make it a cooling source? So you run cold, real cold water through it. Yeah. Uh, could that? Would that, that cool things. Would that work? I, sure. I, I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah, the technology for that is, uh, you know, using um, a boiler to uh, heat up the water and move it through the uh, system. So, I mean, I've got a two-story two house, uh, so uh, I have registers in every room. So, Do you... Um what I mean, what is the cost of doing, you know, a boiler over forced air? I mean, do you think it costs you a little bit more for this? I don't think so. I I, I mean, the nice oh, the the downside of a of having steam hot water heat is uh, central air. I right. don't have central air. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, you know, we use natural gas for heating. Uh, versus electricity, right. where you would be using with a HVAC system, right, right. So, but no, I I I love it, uh, and uh, the steam uh, registers uh, or hot water pipes are pretty decorative. I paint them different colors. Yeah. Every room's yeah. got a different color. Some are silver, some are gold, some are match the color of the walls. That's cool. It's pretty, uh, I love the system. Cool. So the data centers, these, this is some of the innovative ways uh, that, that data centers are using heat. Uh, first one is heating homes and buildings uh, in a community. Organizations often build data centers near energy grids that power nearby cities. Those cities also have heating requirements and uh, district heating systems. Organizations could use the heat from data centers to heat up and route water into district heating systems and into homes and buildings with radiators. So very similar to what you have going on right now. Um, using heat for agriculture purposes. So we talked about greenhouses uh, quite a bit, yep. or I guess we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, but greenhouses would be another way that they could use heat. You know, and, and I know we're talking a little bit about North Dakota since we live here, but but. You know, our growing season isn't the greatest when it comes to like greenhouse type of things. If we could provide heat in the greenhouses, I would think that we could extend, at least extend the season, uh, by, by a couple months and potentially grow all year long. Uh, if it well, were enough in there. And right? we talked about this too a while back that pumping CO2 into a greenhouse, uh, produces a lot more, uh, your crops grow a lot faster because that, so they live off of CO2. Yep, exactly. So having uh, a greenhouse that's heated uh, up using whether it's excess steam or could be excess uh, uh, natural gas that we're flaring right now here, uh, 
and then you've your growing season is, you know. I let me know. I would month. I would love to have fresh tomatoes in January. Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be great, right? Yep. Uh, so there's that. Um, this is interesting. Heating water for fish farms uh-huh. and swimming pools. Many public swimming pools rely on gas boilers to keep the water warm for swimmers. And heat from data center equipment could warm both swimming pools and other pools, like those used to incubate fish and grow vegetation. So that's well, interesting. You know, I guess it has a lot to do with how close are you to the data centers and then the access for the heat. Uh, would you build a pipe? Yeah, I suppose. To these buildings right, and stuff like right. that. I, I don't know how that. How I, I could see like a fish farm building right next to a data center. That would probably make a little more sense than a swimming pool. just depends on how, how uh, you know, urban or rural the space is, right? Right. And then the last one on the list is manufacturing wood pellets. This is interesting. Wood pellets are a low-carbon alternative to coal. These pellets are burned for heat, but to achieve the optimal level of quality for burning, they need to be dried with hot air first to reduce their moisture content. Huh. So there's that too. Data center heat could be rerouted to provide this hot air. So there's another really interesting way that that could be used. Talk about hot air. They get utilizing uh, hot air from us. Keeping this smoke, right? Oh, yeah. It would be <laughs> right now to heat this room up. Oh, there's a lot of hot air in here already, Dave. So, uh, and we're back. Don't miss a minute of the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. All right, Dave. So, the. You've seen these scooters that people run around town with and all that good stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever used one? I haven't yet. Okay. But you know what's really funny is they're still out on the street. Oh, yeah. people. Usually, are... But in the wintertime, you wouldn't think there is. But, you know, it's been an unusual winter here in, in Bismarck, right. all in North Dakota. So, yeah, you're still seeing them parked out there. Yep, yep. So this is interesting. And, well, first of all, before I tell you this news, have you have you traveled to other towns where these scooters are really used a lot? You know, have you been in California? I've been in Minneapolis. Okay. You um, quite a bit. Okay. But I haven't paid much attention, maybe. I haven't traveled that much lately, so i got to get back out there. But I'm sure you have seen well, them. I, I know I was, in Na- I was in Nashville a couple of years ago, and I've always been curious about this model. I have not ridden one yet myself either. Uh, but I was in this building, uh, 15, 20-story building, and I was coming out of it, and, and this guy in a three-piece suit, hops on to one of these scooters and starts scooting down the street. I mean, he was a business executive yeah. that probably had a meeting two or three blocks away. So instead of hopping into his car, he just took the scooter over. And that was the first time that I really thought that this isn't just for teenagers. You know, that it was something that everybody could utilize, right? Uh, so I, I changed my opinion of them. The thing I didn't like, so I was in Huntington Beach, California, Malibu, um, a couple of years ago. And I noticed that these things are laying all over the all over the sidewalks. I mean, people just they're they're cheap enough, right? And how it works, if you haven't seen how they work, is that you get an app. Uh, one of the one of the big ones is called Bird, and you get the app, and then you you can pay 
15 bucks a month or whatever it is for unlimited use. I don't know what the number is. I'm just making up, but it's pretty, pretty low. I know that. Or you can pay by the ride. Right. Uh, but a lot of people who pay by the month, it's, it's so reasonable. And what you do is you just, you know, you go to your place, you leave it there, you come back out, you grab whatever one's available and you go on, right? Well, people were leaving these things all over the place. I mean, there were times I walked, I would walk down the street. It's a hazard. I mean, you could trip over. Oh, they, they're all over the place. Yeah, people, people just not. They're not standing up on just, ticks. People just drop them, and then you know there there are stories about people throwing them in the rivers and all this other stuff, right? So, I think that they've been kind of it's kind of been a challenge for them. Uh, and as of this week, Bird has filed for bankruptcy. Wow. So they've gone from this huge curve of, of nothing to everywhere. I mean, even, even here in North Dakota, there are these things and, and now they've filed for bankruptcy. And what's, and the other thing is, is that, uh, even, even, um, so it's called micro mobility, right? This, this last mile of transportation or four blocks or whatever it is, right? Another company is called, um, oh my goodness. I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, but there's another company in there too. That has not fared well either this year. And they also, I don't think they've filed bankruptcy yet, but they, oh, they've been delisted off the NASDAQ is what okay. it is. So both two of the very large companies in this space are, are in significant financial trouble. And I'm sure it's because, you know, towns like Malibu, uh, and I don't know, I don't know if it's just Malibu, but I've noticed that in some of these towns in California, which are pr- probably pretty early adapters to this, because anything you can do and that's environmentally friendly, usually, uh, California is right on the bandwagon with that stuff, right? Uh, but people were complaining so much that they outlawed them. Oh. Because they were laying everywhere. Right. You know, they were actually a public nuisance. That's how, but people were riding them everywhere, but they, they didn't actually, if they would have just put them on their kickstands or right. put in a stand or whatever. Ah, be respectful of everybody else. But, you know, it's amazing because I've seen them, you know, I've seen them in front of somebody's house. Yeah. You know, and I've always wondered like, okay, they must be tracking these things. They are. Because they have to be charged. They do. Right. So, do you know, do they charge them on site or do they pick them up and take them to a place and charge them and then put them back out at different locations? That's exactly what they do. So, do they? they'll have somebody that goes out and collects them, yep. uh, put them on chargers and then put them back up around town. Yeah, okay. that's exactly how it happens. And I'm sure each one of them has a, a thing that says that I'm, you know, starting to run out a little bit. I need to be charged. And then, right. you know, then I'm sure once a day or once every other day or however it works, somebody goes and collects them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, is somebody could come and take them. Yeah. They can't really use them, but, I, you know, but the last person that rented them, aren't they responsible for that or well, not? Or they would know that they don't, that they've parked it now. Yeah, I think once it's checked out, right. then, then it's not your responsibility anymore. Yeah. So. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I thought it was kind of a clever thing. Yeah. I, uh, I Until they became a nuisance. You know, I would think in a bigger city where you want to get around, um, because parking's an issue and traffic's an issue where you can, you know, get on one of these things and, uh, go, what was, what's the other first, um, scooter that they had with the two wheels, uh, and you balance on it? What the heck? Oh, are you, are you thinking of the, um, 
Oh my goodness! It's by this people who make the Segway. Yeah, Segway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they have, a, they have a mini one now too. Have you seen this? Oh, there's the you stand. Uh, you stand on it. And it's got it, it actually uh, with your knees. There's a little little uh, bar that comes up and and you balance on your knees. It, it actually and then you just stand on it. Yeah. So you have a stabilizer as opposed to just being on like a hoverboard type of scenario. Right. Yeah, but they were Never good. Have you been? You been on the Segway? Have you? I haven't been on the smaller ones. Um, you know, at CES a couple of years ago, I was on a powered, um, well, I think you were there. Yeah. One. I, yeah. Yeah. Video deal. Yeah. I think I fell off of it, didn't I? <laughs> so, so much yeah. coordination here, you know, uh, there was a couple of them that we did. There was also yeah. the, the, uh, the board that was like a long board that right. was powered as well. And we were out in a parking lot on that one, but there was the one that was in the CES hall too. And you see these all over the place. People carry them, you know, like if you use a busing system in a yeah. large city, you carry them on the bus. And then when you get dropped off at your, at close to your place, then you use that as your last mile. Yeah. I've seen kids, the ones that don't have that bar for your knees, they actually just do wheels. Yeah. I, I, I would not last very long on one well there's you gotta have balance there's the single there's the single wheel ones too like the fat oh, tire ones yep. the fat tires in the middle oh, you seen yeah to me that looks i people who ride those uh they love them because that fat that fat tire goes over gravel and everything else yeah. right but it looks kind of dangerous to me i mean i would fall on that darn thing if it was me but yeah but, but people are still seeing people's oh yeah skateboarding yeah. all the all the time. I mean, not as much here in North Dakota in the winter time, but I think that's the other thing is Absolutely. the scooters you had. Uh, the weather's been good, so that's why they still have them out, <laughs> utilizing them. Well, anyway, I mean, it, it's really too bad, um, at least in my opinion, that these things are on the way out. Maybe maybe somebody will figure out a way to, to bring them back. And it's kind of a social responsibility type of thing. I think these companies would be fine if people would actually take care of these. And I don't, I don't see a lot of abuse maybe around here. Maybe there's more than what goes on, I guess, but, but I have seen significant abuse of these in other towns. And I can see why, why Bird and, and those companies are just not making it, but just yeah. too bad. Yeah. Well, and they decide they don't want to put them out there anymore. And then people then can complain. Well, I said, well, take responsibility then of uh, being a good citizen and parking them off to the side and using the kickstand and, you know, just being respectful. Right, right. Are you an Android or an Apple user for your phone? I'm a Droid. You user, are, okay. Yeah. And you have the you have a Samsung too then, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. Which, which one do you have? Samsung. Oh, I think yours is, old. yours is newer than that, isn't it? What? I don't think so. I remember you getting Yeah, I actually. just got it two years ago. Okay, so I'm guessing you have the 20. I think you had the 10 before, if I remember right. Maybe it was, uh, yeah, you know, some, I, I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. I know that my battery gets drained a lot because i got too <laughs> many apps on there, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> Well, of course. Uh, so I just I just upgraded to the Samsung 23. Uh, there are rumors afoot right now that the 24 is coming out in um, February and maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, and anyway, I'm just reading this review right now of you know what's better, the Samsung 23 Ultra or the Apple 15 that just came out, right? And 
So have you ever used an iPhone? Nope, I okay. have not. Okay. So you have no no real world experiences no. even to compare. I think it's funny when I let somebody use my phone. Yep. So there's a couple new things on both the phones. Uh, there's an ultra-wide camera on both phones, so you can do, like, almost panoramic type of shots, which is kind of cool. Um, and I know Samsung's has opted for an image uh, for white balance uh, with a strong magenta color cast, uh, while the iPhone shot is a little darker. Its color tone is much more accurate, according to this one reviewer. So there's there's that, I guess. So, But they both, I know you've seen uh, some of the, in fact, you and I were tooling around Oatman, Arizona one time. And I was, and we shot, we shot, some, shot that evening sky. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, yeah. yeah. And uh, and you could barely see your hand in front of your face. Right. That's what was so amazing about it, right? I still, I still tell people about that, Dave, because I think you were in the car. There was that mountain that was there that I knew was there, but we couldn't see it, right? right. And remember, I, I was like, you got to step outside. And you were like, no, I, I don't want to step outside. And I said, you got to step outside. You know, here we are in the desert, and you would think that you would be hearing coyotes howling, right? Right. But instead, what did we hear? Do you remember? Donkeys. Because <laughs> mules are running all over the desert around there, right? Yeah. So it was yeah. just kind of funny that, you know, it's pitch black outside <laughs> and you're hearing, you're, you're hearing donkeys yeah. and mules uh, all over the place yeah. out there. But, but yeah, the ability to take photos at night on these cameras is astounding. The fact that you can point your camera, your phone to the sky at night and take pictures of stars you could never do that with an SLR back in the day. It was just really, really difficult to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had to open up the lens and do all this other stuff. It's I incredible, actually. Big change in uh, in the phones is the cameras. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. You know, the quality that you can take and the videos. Do you, do you find that every time you upgrade your phone that, that you feel like you're... Um, not as smart as you used to be because there just seems to be so much more on this phone that you probably will never use. Yeah. I, I don't know. Stuff on my phone. I've been going to Yeah. Okay. I guess we all get in the habit of going, hey, uh, utilizing this for this purpose, um, knowing that there's a lot more features on there that I could be using. I think, you know, like in yours and my world, it's a communication tool more than anything else still. I mean, we, we make phone calls, uh, all that stuff. To me, the, the, the best thing that, that, uh, has happened with smart devices is the pairing of our cars to our devices. And I know you utilize this all the time too. The ability to drive down the road and talk through your mm-hmm. car speakers. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually game changing for people like you and I who are driving all the time. Right. And the ability to actually have phone calls and, and do it in a safe way while you're driving on the road. And it's like you are sitting next to me. Right. That's what's so cool about it. The only thing is when my daughter's in the car, she hates it because I'm having a conversation. <laughs> you know, I think I got a headset that I'll, I'll put on. God, so yeah. I kind of. Sure, sure. She doesn't have to listen. Right. Does that our conversation? Not listen to your you know, by myself. You know, it definitely nice. Sure, absolutely. And the cars are getting better at adapting to all of that. They really are. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's kind of it cool. It's a feature that uh, is is pretty nice. Hands off. Hands. 
Well, and I sometimes I still see people driving on the road that have their phone to their ear. Uh, and I always, I always, uh, I feel bad because, you know, that, that truly is just an accident waiting to happen, you know, in those types, because you're just fumbling with it but, and everything you else. Know, you can just, like with me, so a lot of times I'll just put a headset on. That's true, yeah. And drive Yeah. You know, and the speakers aren't too bad. Uh, for those headsets. Do so you have, uh, like in the ear or over the ear? What do you prefer there? In the ear. Okay. Really? Yep. So you use, uh, are you using like the i, you know, the, the Apple buds or do you have? No, no, no. I, know? It's, in fact, I have a couple sets. Um, I use, <laughs> when I go to the tanning booth, I, I have, I, I have put my, uh, headset on and uh, listen to YouTube or something like that. Very good. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So, do you wear do you wear a smartwatch as well? I do. Okay. Well, it's a Garmin. It's a satellite oh, yeah, yeah. watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, like uh, it's your golf mid- watch. What? It's your golf watch, right? It's really my golf watch. Yeah. I, I found out there's a few features on there too that I can uh, didn't know, but ninety percent of it is golf related. Okay. You know. You know. So I have the the latest Samsung uh, watch here too. I forget the model number of it, but anyway. Um, so last night I was just kind of messing around with it, and and uh, you know the fitness features are really interesting on the phone, and this the stuff that it can do. Now, right, so it can take your take your pulse, right, right, um, and then it can determine the uh, um, how how you're doing oxygen wise, right, which really surprised me how you can do that with just being on your skin like that, right? Um, now, it, I wonder how accurate. It no, it might not be hundred percent accurate, no, but I might know. give you an idea. Right. You know, um, also shows your stress levels. Okay, and I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, and then there's all kinds of other things that it shows you that I knew nothing about. So I'm going to dig into that a little bit and, and, uh. We'll find out if it can be a satellite. Oh, yeah. It could sink in for golf courses and then you get the yardages. Well, this thing, this, yeah, this, this watch certainly does that. You done? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just was really interested in this health stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I was, I was a little stunned at my stress level last night. So I don't know, you know, I, and I, and it actually shows you then, like, if you do this type of breathing that you can, you know, bring that down a little right. bit or whatever. So, um, I think there's some cool things there, but this is interesting, Dave. So Apple is suspending sales of its newest watches. Hmm. Oh, right. Apple will soon pause sales of the Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 in the U.S. due to a lawsuit, but the Apple Watch SE will still be available. So, but the 9, Series 9 and the Ultra 2, which I'm sure are their best-selling watches, will, will uh, um, until this lawsuit is settled, Apple will pause sales of its two newest smartwatches, the Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2, in the U.S. this month because of an ongoing legal battle with health tech company Massimo. 
The U.S. International Table Commission, the federal agency that handles trade-related mandates, previously issued an order that would prohibit Apple from importing the Series 9 and Ultra 2. The decision came after a U.S. judge ruled in January that Apple infringed on Messino's patents related to the technology used in Apple's blood oxygen sensing system, just like I was talking about. The order is currently under presidential review, but Apple is preemptively pausing sales in case the decision is upheld, the company said. The move was first reported um, on Monday, and Apple has since confirmed its decision. So if you're looking to get an Apple Watch, um, especially the 9 or the Ultra 2, you better do it pretty shortly because that may dry up until they get this lawsuit handled. Um, just putting that out there. I'm wondering, are, are, they, are they stating that... Uh, the people relying on that watch so much for their health issues and they're having more lawsuits or what do you think? Uh, well, I think what it is, behind... is, you know, it's the oxygen sensor that Massino, Massine Mole has, has put into the watch. And I'm guessing it's an infringement uh, of their patent. But, you know, it it is interesting because... You know, I think that's such a small part of why a person has a watch. Yeah. You would think that Apple could just disable it, you know, like put a piece of firmware into the watch to say, hey, you can't use this anymore. Yeah. And that would take care of that. And I, I'm surprised that they haven't thought of that, that they just able that feature. Because people buy watches for a lot more than just the oxygen sensor. In fact, that's such a new thing that that's not the reason you're buying a, a watch. It's just kind of a nice add-on. Right. You know, you're yeah. buying it because you want to look at your texts or you want to yeah. Dick Tracy your phone calls or whatever it is, right? Well, how much are you using your watch as a phone? I use it occasionally. Um, you know, like if I leave my phone in my office, for example, and somebody calls and I'm unable to get back to my office in time, as one example, in the building here, right? Right. Um, I will actually, if it's a phone I want to take, like if it's, you know, if you're calling me, Dave, yeah. then I'll then I'll actually answer my phone on my watch. It's it's you know it's on speaker, of course, and it's probably not the best quality because you know like I'll talk and then I'll put it up to my ear to listen to you and do that type of thing. But right. but in a pinch, it works pretty good. I can usually tell when you're on your. I think most, it's, you know it, it's, it's not the not, greatest, right? Not the best quality, right. but you know it. It's nice because you have it if you need it right you know absolutely you know and sometimes i don't know if you're like me sometimes I leave my phone in my car i leave my phone everywhere so you know it is nice absolutely yeah and there's so many other things that it can do uh you know one of the things that i i, I actually use it more often than i thought was like for a nightlight you know, I'll get up to, like, if I still have, you know, if I need to put a key in something, for example, right. and it's dark outside, yep. you know, instead of fumbling from my phone and turn that on, I can just use the, the my my watch becomes a light that I can use for that, you know. So uh, that's a feature I use quite a bit. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else do I use on here? I mean, I use the texting part all the time uh, to review texts sure. as they come in or whatever. Uh, yep. So there's that. Uh, the step counter. I'm using the step counter all the time. Oh, you are? I do. Yeah, I remember you still. I mean, that was one thing. Hey, Dave, guess how many steps I got in today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially on parade day, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it does an ECG as well. Isn't that something? Um, 
Yeah, measures your stress. I'm just looking at all the different things that my watch does here. Uh, but yeah, there's just it's just a lot of cool things. I would say the number one thing I use my watch for though is the step counter. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that uh, um, it's it's something that reminds me, you know, if it's in the evening and I look at my watch and you know I'm a couple thousand steps short or whatever, I'll go out and actually walk those extra steps. So it's a motivational thing for me. Well, and the thing is, like almost anything, you got to get in a habit, of course, of doing it, right? Yep. So that's just part of uh, any type of technology that if you get away from it, just like, you know, you were talking this morning about being on the soundboard, you hadn't been there for a while, so you had to get re-educated, right? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And I was on, you know, on, on the plane coming back home the other day, uh, I was, there was a couple that was sitting next to me, and they actually asked uh, if they thought that the investment in the watch was something that, I mean, would I do it again? And, of course, I think I'm on my third watch. So the answer, of course, is yes. But, you know, they were buying one for their son because he's on a on a manufacturing floor or something like that as an executive, and he okay. was wandering all over the place. So that, uh, to me, you know, would be a great place to use it as well because you just, you know, just that, that communication uh, thing again, right? You're not having to go for your phone all the time, and I think yep. those are a good thing. No, I think uh, they're always handy to have something that you can um, card on. Now, one of the things that um, I don't know is that do you have to charge that thing a lot? Well, I, I have a little charger that I put it on every night when I go to bed. Uh, although now I've been, it doesn't take too long to charge it. It takes like 15 or 20 minutes. So I've actually been charging it now when I take a shower in the morning because I leave it on when I sleep because it actually shows how long I've been sleeping. It has a snore feature on it too. So if I'm snoring, okay. uh, it actually will record that and let you know, uh, you know, if you've been snoring overnight or whatever. Soon it'll just do electric shock to you so that you'll stop snoring or something, I think. <laughs> so uh, there's always great things with the, the watches that are always coming out. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to January 6th on the National Day Calendar. Today, we're marveling at the wonders of modern innovation and appreciating a humble yet nutrition-packed food staple. We live in a world interconnected by complex networks and sophisticated devices where information is literally at our fingertips and incredible advancements are made daily. This world is ours and it's transformed by the power of technology. From communication and medicine to transportation and entertainment, technology has reshaped every facet of our lives. On National Technology Day, we celebrate these breakthroughs and the promise of future innovations. Everybody likes new inventions, new technology. People will never be replaced by machines. In the end, life and business are about human connections. And computers are about trying to murder you in a lake. 
And to me, the choice is easy. I can't imagine you without your smart device and your car. They are such a big part of your life, aren't they? They are. I mean, I need transportation, yes, and I need my phone to be able to do almost anything. But you're absolutely right. You can't even start your car without your phone, right? It's true. Transitioning from the sophisticated realm of technology, we turn to a modest food source with ancient roots. Packed with protein, fiber, and a multitude of nutrients, these small powerhouses come in various sizes, shapes, and colors. They are a staple in cuisines around the world, offering versatility and nourishment in a multitude of dishes. Today, on National Bean Day, we appreciate these hearty legumes and their contribution to our diet. Uh, Pastor Beans, Bean. Mm-hmm. I love chili beans with cornbread in the wintertime. Like, this is the perfect day around the perfect time of the year. When I think of beans, it reminds me of summertime with, you know, hamburgers and potato salad and just a big part of my summer. Fire me up. Get your keys. Okay, here we go again. Let's use your car this time because you don't need keys for yours. Wow, I'm Latoya Johnson. I'm Bob Anderson. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate every day on Destination Celebration. Until next time, keep celebrating. Talk of the town. Local, interesting. A lot of things going on with flood insurance in the Bismarck-Mandan area and some things you need to know concerning the Missouri River and some changes that have taken place. And, well, are you even going to be able to get flood insurance? Community events. Home Builders Association Parade of Homes going on started yesterday. We'll get the update on that as well this weekend on Super Talk 1270. Community organizations. Upsy Bakken along with Sarah Kelsch from the Bismarck Cancer Center. But I want to talk about the mission and where the mission has gone for those that are served that are dealing with with the cancer fight. What's going on in our community? That's Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. If you missed the show, check out the podcast on demand on the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town thanks our sponsors Big Boy, Dakota Pharmacy, Benchmark Mortgage, Trademark Realty, Silver Ranch, Peak Automotive and Service, and Runnings. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. The Ramsey Show. Up to 50% of American families are paying their adult children's bills to an average of $1,482 a month. Wow. I've never seen it like this. 25% of millennials, their parents are paying their housing, house payment, their rent, or they're living in their basement. You pay your kids' bills. Psychologists call that enabling. As a matter of fact, enabling is quite the opposite of loving. Practical financial advice from Dave Ramsey, starting at 5 p.m. weekdays on Super Talk 1270. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Townsquare media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. Colorado certified former President Trump's appearance on the state's primary ballot. Even though Colorado's Supreme Court ruled Trump is ineligible because he engaged in insurrection. The former president appealed that decision, and the U.S. Supreme Court is going to listen, says ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The high court's announcement that it will hear the Colorado case next month effectively puts a pause on efforts in other states to take Trump's name off the ballot. Only the Supreme Court justices can decide the issue now, and they'll operate on what for them is a speedy timeline. Oral argument has been set for February 8th. That's a month from this coming Monday.
President Biden delivered his first campaign speech of the year and said the race is about whether American democracy will survive. The Pentagon announced that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had been hospitalized since Monday because of complications from what it called a minor elective surgery, but said he's been recovering well. This is ABC News. The longtime leader of the National Rifle Association is stepping down just ahead of a civil corruption trial. As CEO, Wayne LaPierre has led the NRA for more than three decades, where he pushed back any attempts at gun control in the face of mass shootings. But now the 74-year-old is resigning ahead of a New York civil trial where he and other executives are accused of spending millions of dollars of donors' money on expensive perks, including, in LaPierre's case, the use of a 107-foot yacht. LaPierre has said cruising the Bahamas on that yacht was necessary because he was facing security threats in the U.S. after mass shootings. Dave Packer, ABC News. A former Colorado police officer was sentenced to 14 months in jail for his role in the death of Elijah McClain. Randy Rodima was the only law enforcement official found guilty of criminally negligent homicide in McClain's 2019 death. He died after paramedics injected him with a sedative during a police interaction. I'm Brian Clark, ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. Becoming mostly sunny on your Saturday. Temperatures around 20 degrees. Winds out of the northwest over 20 miles per hour. Mostly cloudy, chilly Saturday night, a low around 11. For the daytime tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 23. Snow again Sunday night. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is made from a secret family recipe. Get it at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, it's 22. Hey everyone, this is Robert Carey from America's number one travel radio show inviting you to join Mary and me and Rudy every Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel, talk with the newsmakers, share compelling experiences, and explore the world together during the fastest two hours in travel. It's in our DNA to travel. The world of travel is so entwined in our daily lives. It's an economic engine, and that's why we do everything we can to bring you a diverse show that's different than anything you'll see here or find anywhere else. So join us on RM World Travel or engage us anytime at rmworldtravel.com. Conservative talk without apology. The regular Joe Show with Joe Giganti. Weekday evenings at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. And, of course, Mr. Rock and Dave Blair... I guess just Rock and Dave Blair, right? Rock and Dave. Rock and Dave. That's right. Rock and Dave, but my initials are RDB, Rock and Dave Blair. Okay. So RDB. Usually it's just Rock and Dave. How long have you had that nickname? Probably, let's see, I got it back in hockey days, 30 years. Wow. 20, 25 years, probably. When's the last time you put some skates on? Oh, man, it's probably been about six, seven years. I wow. don't know if I can even find my skates anymore, but, yeah, it was on the ice constant. Amazing. So you you went from uh, 
the the winter was was ice time and the summer was golf time. Yeah, it's kind of an unusual thing that you and you excelled in both of those. I don't know. <laughs> you did okay. It was. Uh, I was a little shaky on my skates. I didn't start playing hockey till I was uh, four. 15, okay. 15, 16. So. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I love the sport. Definitely love golf. Well, and you were, you know, you you were a referee. Well, I refereed and I coached. And uh, it was interesting. I coached soccer in the spring, hockey in the winter, soccer in the fall. Wow. So I either had soccer balls in my trunk. Well, um, my all my uh, hockey equipment, and then my golf equipment. So I was a uh, uh, sporting goods store. If you needed something, come look in Dave's trunk. <laughs> I didn't know that about about soccer for you. Oh, yeah. I coached uh, both girls and boys soccer. Wouldn't you have time to do anything else? Oh, man. It was like, it was, yeah, every day soccer practice, every day hockey practice, wow. every day soccer practice. I'm trying to figure out where you found time for golf and all of that. Well, but then, you know, in the summer, I didn't do any of those okay. things. Although I take that back, I did coach uh, some traveling soccer, too. So, anyway, I just loved coaching, being around kids, doing that, giving that back. So, speaking of traveling, uh, that's actually where I wanted to go. So, how important is your smart device, your phone that you carry with you now when you travel? Well, you know, for uh, checking in, you know, it's it's nice at the airport, right? Right. right. Uh, but what I want you to do, Dave, is you and I are of the age now where, and we both have traveled, we traveled a lot before smartphones, yeah. and we, you know, we probably both travel a lot more now, but, but uh, the difference between, that's kind of what I'm getting at here, is the difference, you know, in how we used to travel compared to now and how the smartphone has changed that for us. And is it is it better, do you think? Is this not better? What what are your opinions? Well, I, I think, you know, the smartphone has become your traveling computer. And uh, utilizing it when you're traveling out of town, wherever you have that access to data that you need. So how many... How many maps do you think you purchased over the years? Oh, my gosh. I still love map. Yeah. In fact, one of the national day uh, for my birthday is national map. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I, so my fa- I still love maps. Yeah, yeah. But when's the last time you actually used them? Oh, probably, yeah. You know, the problem is on the phone is uh, the map you get, you got this huge thing you can look at right where on the phone you know your screen you can blow it up obviously but um yeah i think uh you know i i wouldn't even know the last time i probably looked at a map because it's right there on your phone so when you're in a town that you're unfamiliar with um how do you use your phone other than maybe the map i mean do you have other things like for me you know, I'm always, as you know, looking for coffee shops to work, yep. right? So it's kind of a quasi use of the of the map, I guess. But I'll just I'll just uh, type in, you know, coffee shops near me, and right. it'll list a bunch of those type of things. I'll read the reviews real quick because just important to the coffee for me is the internet. Need to have good Wi-Fi, right? 
So, so that's what I go for. But do you do you do things things like that? Well, no, I think maps are probably especially doing some work in a a home because I do some environmental work, and right. they'll give me the address and. I might not even have an idea if it's, I mean, in Bismarck, not a problem. I know almost all the streets and stuff, but yeah, it comes, I mean, I don't know how, you know, it would work except um, out in the country, you can give you some challenges as far as putting you in the right location. But, you know, back in the days, it was like, Two miles off this road, turn right at that white mailbox, and then go down two more miles, and then when you see the red barn, you're almost there. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. You know, one thing that I can probably, that I use occasionally, and especially when we have bad weather, and and I know, you know, with, with the seasons here, I mean, people are going to be traveling like crazy starting today. And, um, you know, for Christmas and for New Year's and, and, um, one thing that I use a lot and I see that there's some snow in the forecast for, for Christmas Eve now and Christmas Day. Um, and it looks like we're going to get into a little more of an active weather cycle after or starting on Christmas here, right? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> are you familiar with what's called a heads up display? I am not. Okay. You've probably rented cars, uh, or maybe your car has this too, where actually, uh, like in your windshield, you can see like the, uh, how fast you're going and the direction oh, you're going. But I've, I've seen my daughter. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I even had, uh, the last car I rented, uh, on my trip last week, uh, had a heads up display in it. And it's kind of nice because you can see what radio station you're listening to and all that stuff, right? Well, you can do that with your smart device. So you can download an app, look for heads-up display. You lay it in the dash of your car, and it beams that information up into your windshield, and that you'll, it reflects it off there, right? And why that's important is if you're ever caught in a scenario where you can't see the road very well, let's say it's really foggy out or, or there's a lot of snow or whatever, um, It'll show, you can put like the mapping going on. It'll show that you're, you know, two tenths of a mile from having to turn or whatever. It'll show if you're, you know, some of these will show if you're actually getting close to the edge of the road. Uh, you know, so if you're in low visibility type of scenarios, I'll use that heads up display feature and actually put it up there. And it really helps because the last thing you want to do when you're in low visibility or whatever is actually miss your turn on the interstate because now you got to continue in this scenario and then drive back in it, right? So it really is helpful and, and I just highly suggest people use the heads up display feature on their phones. Yeah. Uh, I got some new hearing aids. Okay. Been a lot of, it's been a lot of money because the ones I had before were kind of adequate but not. They were just um, they increased the volume a little bit but they weren't real actual hearing aids but i've got uh these new hearing aids i got the app that goes with it on my phone so i can adjust it to different there's like five different settings like a restaurant setting music tv wow are you able to instead of having you know like earbuds or headsets in can you like beam the music from your phone into your hearing aids not able to do that, okay. 
So you still need to have the headset or whatever for that. You'll need to have the, the headset. Okay. Uh, the, the control, I have just so much more control now. Uh, and so I use that feature uh, quite a bit, especially if I'm out someplace or at church, you know, they have a music setting and the worship music is can be sometimes pretty loud if it can adjust to it. So do you do you have uh do you use an app like Orbits or Travelocity or whatever uh to book like hotel stays and things like that? Okay. I've got a couple different Okay. We were talking earlier, I I have so many apps on my phone that my batteries gets drained a lot faster than it used to. Yeah, you know? a person needs to go out and go in and clean those out. And over the holiday year it might not be a bad time to do some of that. You know, one I have uh I love this story. I was in uh I was in Rapid City a couple of years ago and I hadn't you know, I didn't know where I was going to end up for the evening. And so I, I'm there and I'm like, well, I suppose I'm going to stay here tonight. So I'll find a hotel and I'm on orbits. And I was at one of the really nice, uh, travel, um, hotels or whatever, right off the interstate. I forget which one it was now, uh, but a really nice place. And I'm out in the parking lot. I'm not really sure where I'm going to stay, but I actually just parked there and I, I typed into orbits. And they have this place uh, that has last minute rooms. And I'm like, well, okay. And it was like, I don't know, 74 bucks or whatever. And I'm like, wow, I know this place is like a couple hundred bucks a night. So for me to get this for $74, I'm going to take advantage of that. So, so I did. And I go in there and, and uh, as I'm going in there, there's another couple that's, that's or another couple. There's a couple in front of me and they hadn't booked a room yet. And they had walked right up and they said, do you have any rooms available? And uh, the person at the desk was like, yeah, we have a couple of rooms left. Well, what's the rate? It's $168 a night. And I and I wanted to just scream and say, hey, if you just go out in the parking lot and go on orbits, you can save almost 100 bucks yeah. just on this one thing by using that app, right? Yeah, you know, I know that that's the case. Yep, yep. So, so there are the nice thing about, you know, some of these travel apps, of course, is that it allows you to, uh, potentially save money. You know, there's the gas buddy app. So, uh, maybe not so much around here. The gas prices are generally about the same, but you know, if you're like in Vegas, for example, I mean, gas prices in Vegas are, they can change by a dollar a gallon right now. Oh. If you're on the interstate, oh. it's almost $4 a gallon. I filled up for $3.09 a gallon in Vegas uh, the other day just because I wasn't on the interstate. So, yeah, it's amazing what those apps can do to help save you money. So, yeah. So make sure that you're uh, using your phone. Uh, save yourself a couple dollars during the holidays. Thanks for staying with us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. We on. You're on. What do you mean, are we on? We're always on. We're never off, Marlo. We're never off. You give me a countdown, and sometimes I don't know if the countdown is the precursor to the countdown. Well, depending or, on the format we're using. I guess it is. All right. All right. Sorry. Much technology. Sorry about yes. Well, welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Good to have you back. Uh, we get to, like, spend the last hour and a half or so together. When's the last time you and I were actually in the studio? It's been a while. Because we're always on the technology to connect. That's correct. 
to actually look at you over the computer screen right now yeah. is kind of cool. This technology awesome. Well, this is the last show of 2023 Not for us. Couldn't resist. And I think we have to, since we're both together finally to do something like this, we really need to talk about AI. We really haven't had, which is kind of weird because it seems like the first six months of this year, that's all we talked about was AI. Okay. And I think we just got tired of it and we're like, all right, let's start talking about maybe some other things or whatever. Well, it came out of the shoot. Really fast. It did. And, and it was so disruptive technology and new and exciting and then kind of settled into, oh, okay, people trying to figure out how to use it. And, and it's kind of the last bit's been, okay, people trying to figure out where people are using it so they can maybe guard against it a little bit. I mean, but it still dominates it, the tech it cycle. Yeah. I mean, it's like nine of every 10 story, stories, in my opinion, That's still an AI. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't even want to. <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. It's, look it up. It's <laughs> no, don't look it up. No, I didn't mean look it up. I mean look up what the big things in the news over the last oh, year. Right, are. right. It's on the list. Yeah. Don't ask me why. That's crazy. It's wrong. Uh, it's on the list. Well, I think we should think <laughs> about or what we're going to be seeing as we move forward in 2024. Uh, Jason, you and I had a great discussion yesterday, mm-hmm. or I, maybe it was a few days ago already. Jason's piece. Yeah. You? And oh, uh, crude life. Right, right. And I guess with all my uh, being sick and doctoring here, I don't even know what day it is anymore. But kind of healthy. Back doing things again. Kind of got my voice back. You got your voice back. Yeah. You got one arm back. I got one arm back. <laughs> Marlo, the one-armed bandit. I, I've been to the doctor so much the last week that I'm starting to be on. I've never been on a first-name basis with my doctor before, but all of a sudden I'm getting there for different things. A lot of, a lot of sickness going around, and of course the ice. We had that make, huge ice storm in the upper Midwest. Yeah, and doesn't know, make things much better either. That's for you sure. were a victim of that. I was. Not on purpose either. I was being so careful. I was doing walk like a penguin. We should actually rewrite walk like an Egyptian to walk like a penguin. I think that'd be fun. Don't you have a walk like a penguin day? I don't think we do. There should be. There's a penguin day. There should be a walk like a penguin day. That would be hilarious. If there's talk like a pirate day, there should be walk, should like, be the walk like a penguin, penguin day. For those who have to deal with snow and ice. Yes. Because we get the waddle down pretty good up here. Mm-hmm. Just just saying, especially after the last week that we've had here. Might I make oh one suggestion? Goodness. Yeah. Invest in ice cleats. Cleats. Yeah. Uh, my neighbor has cleats. Yeah. And uh, as cheap as $10. And they just strap onto your shoes. Uh-huh. I've never seen these before. I, when, I, when I see them wearing cleats, I'm like, did you did you pull your baseball cleats? Which isn't a bad idea either. Oh. You know, if you got softball or baseball track, or whatever, track, track cleats would work. Track yeah. Cleats. Any of that stuff, but these cleats are actually they velcro to the bottom of your shoes, and I was just like really impressed with that. You just slip on over, and I, there's a bunch of different kinds. Yeah, the coil ones that kind of grip in, and it depends on the type of ice you're on, right? Because there's the little spiky ones that got like track cleats that dig into the ice, and and if you're walking on smooth ice, those work really well. If you're walking a little bit thicker ice and and rough terrain ice, because right. My yard, having to walk our puppies, good luck. And walking on the grass was worse than trying to navigate the sidewalk. And Which I can't believe because, yeah, it was, but it was bad all across. And so. even worse yet, landscape rock, river rock. Oh, yeah. The little stones. Yeah. 
uneven as heck yeah, and it's icy and it's like, okay. So actually I have bigger cleats for snow blowing that are on my snow boots for extra traction. Those have like metal teeth on them. And I used those and those worked very well, but there's different cleats for different applications. My guests in the upper Midwest right now, good luck finding cleats in a store. Oh, or, no, we or got some new ones the other day. Cause I was fed up. I slid sideways wearing my old cleats and I wanted new ones with better grips. And I had a puppy on a leash and I slid sideways down a driveway. Do they make puppy cleats as well? No, I looked because it was kind of funny watching the puppies not be able to stand up. I actually seen one go down a hill. <laughs> well, I was recording television the other day, right? And you know how that hill is by the studio out right. there, right? And uh, um, there was a person, or there, well, there's a person. Oh, their weather guy. They were doing the weather bumps. Well, there was that too. I'm not sure. And he went down sideways. He did. On the hill. He did. Crashed into a car. And yeah. Another car crashed into him. And yeah, it was a whole, whole story there too. But there was this this dog, and I'm guessing it had a leash and toe, so my guess would be that the owner fell down, fell down, and this dog is trying to figure out what to do, and is at the top of the hill, and actually started to slide down the hill too, and gaining speed going down, could <laughs> not stop. <laughs> and, but it it looked like the dog was having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and there were people ice skating around her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Literal ice game. Well, when you have a half inch of, of rain and it's 28 degrees outside, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. This is scary. So, all right. Enough of our, our woes of ice storms. So how do we fix AI with, uh, actually, you know what, where we could go with some of the AI, because, uh, we were having a conversation the other day about predictive AI and how AI can predict weather patterns so that you can get materials. Okay. AI can go maybe make weather forecasters more accurate because it's 50-50 right now. So if you can predict where storms are going to hit ahead of those storms, for example, a big snowstorm, well, let's ship our snowblowers and shovel. Right. The solar. So the logistics of inventories. Yeah, AI can help with logistics. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, if you have a warehouse full of, of whatever, you get AI involved and they can say, hey, instead of instead of having eight snowblowers in Bismarck, North Dakota at this store, we know that there's two feet of snow coming next week. Let's get them another 50 snowblowers there before the snow hits, as opposed to having somebody call in and say, hey, I just heard on the weather that, that we might get two feet of snow. Can you guys allocate some more snowblowers here? You know, yeah. it can be in front of those type of things. Well, because like with this ice storm, I, I <laughs> especially teeing up around the holidays, how many packages didn't get there on time because the roads are closed? Oh, yeah. It's, it had to be a mess. Shut down. Yeah. yeah. So once the storm's going to hit, logistically, that's not the time to try to get more stuff. Right. Right. You need to be ahead of that because logistically, roads closed. You're not going anywhere. That's right. You're not going to get that materials or those goods to a location. Yeah, there's a lot of areas uh, with AI that I think, and logistics is one of them. I, I truly believe, uh, and the other thing that we talked about was like RFIDs uh, in packages and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the easy, the easiness of, is that a word, the easiness? It is now. Okay. If you said it, it's a word. All right. Thank you. I could, I'm going to have my own dictionary. Really? Yeah. I already have like 2,000 words I've made up in the last year. Did you, just by accident. Put that? Or? No, I just always blurt out words that actually don't exist when I'm on the air with people.
<laughs> you mean another squirrel moment? I mean, maybe so. Well, yeah, that'd be fun to have my own dictionary, too. It's possible nowadays. The Marlo Anderson Days of the National Day Dictionary. Yeah, there we go. What's another word for something-isms? Um, word is Marlowism. Marlowisms. There we go. There we go. I like Anderson. Andersonisms. No, Marlowism is better. better. Yeah, I agree. Geekisms. Geek. Oh, I like that. Geekisms wins. Ding, ding, ding. You're listening to the Tech Ranch, where technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. So on the AI front for 2024, Steve and I are going to start breaking down the things that we think are going to happen uh, because of artificial intelligence. Some of these things are already happening. Uh, job displacement is going to be very significant in 2024 because of artificial intelligence. And you're starting to see this stuff already. Now, you've also brought up a lot that job displacement is going to be replaced by creation of new jobs. Yeah. So is there going to be a lag in that? Is there going to be a, no. a displacement? No. And then? No. Okay. I mean, they're, 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 they're estimating in the next couple of years that 85 to 100 million people are going to be displaced in their jobs, uh, but it's going to create another 120 million on the other side of it, right? So, and I think, you know, like we talked about the other day, Steve, and, and Jason was in on this too, uh, a great example is just Walmart. And not to pick on Walmart, there are plenty of others that are doing this model, but during COVID, we really got trained in on, you know, ordering our stuff online, right? And then going to the store, pulling in the stall number 14, saying that we're here, then they bring our stuff out to us, right? So we we kind of have already been working towards this. Uh, and and I had mentioned that I was at a Walmart a couple of weeks ago in LA or Vegas or wherever it was. And I pull in and there's like eight cars in the parking lot. I mean, it's like the middle of the day and there's nobody there. I was just stunned at how few cars there were. And I walk in and this place is bustling. And I'm like, my first, my first thought was, did I miss the buses that were sitting outside? Because there seemed to be like hundreds of people running all over this store. And then it occurred to me that it's the staff. They're picking orders. Right. So the store seems really busy because there's all these people pushing stuff around, carts around, picking orders for people, and people are just pulling up and, and picking them up. And, of course, they're delivering them as well. And and uh, and now Walmart in the last couple of weeks in a couple of towns across the U.S. are now starting to deliver via drone oh, as well. Saw that. So you have that shift going on. So what's gone on here is that that person now isn't checking out your your uh, stuff at Walmart anymore through a checkout lane. They have now become a picker and are rolling around the store and probably have created even more jobs because I don't. They didn't have enough cashiers before, in my opinion, to handle the kind of volume they have now for people that have to go through and pick out their stuff. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud, but I have a feeling that there's a shortage of workers right now for Walmart for those type of jobs. Well, I see. You know. Whether you go to Sam's Club, Costco, Target, Walmart, any of the big box stores, uh, the grocery stores, um, take a look at the, you know, retail floor space valuable, you know, any, crazy valuable, anything on the front. Yes. You know, especially the backside of storage and warehouse. And it, it used to be you didn't have, you didn't want too much inventory in the back. You wanted everything out in the front. That space incredibly valuable. So look at the retail space that has been taken up by, somebody's order or something's been picked and is sitting in this storage area for them. 
What's that look like for new stores where you don't need the 250,000 square feet building anymore because you don't need all that retail up front. Maybe you have like one item up there. You don't need a parking lot for 600 cars. Parking lot for 600 cars. You've got all of the inventory in the back, like an Amazon warehouse yep. sort of. But, you know, for people that want to come shop for themselves, it's like, okay, you go walk down the aisle and maybe you scan a barcode and maybe the back is an autonomous big vending machine. Yeah, there's a picker back there. Yeah. Is it for you? But you could have that autonomous. You don't yeah. even need people for that. Yeah. Um, and now it just kind of dispenses. You go over a little holding area, boom, your bags come down. It's got all your stuff in it. You scan and credit card yep. done. It's, or that gets delivered to you. I, I could see a system where you come in and you take the number off off the the pole. You know how they have those rolls of numbers. You're number fifteen. Next person's number sixteen. You hang on to it, right? Well, you could have the same thing. You know, you could have a number system. You walk in and you get assigned number fifteen. And there's a shopping cart in the back now, or some type of box or something that's for number fifteen. So as you're shopping, you just scan things. You can look at them. You can inspect the vacuum cleaner. You can look at it and say, "All right, yeah, I'll take this one." And you scan it, add it to your shopping cart, and it actually physically gets added to your shopping cart in the back of the store. That would be really clever to do something. It doesn't like work that. for me, though, because I, I don't ever take first thing in the front of the BL system. So that one. So I have to reach it back, get one, and make sure the box is perfect. It's, do you trust somebody picking your own produce? It's, I have a hard time letting that part go. Then, then don't. Yeah. I just, I, I just believe that they're, so it's, it's, it's like anything else. You're going to have of all only the automated stuff. We're in the middle yes. of paradigm shift, but you're going to have fully automated things. And then you're going to have these niche type of things, right? You're going to have a grocery store in the area that says, we're not automated at all. We handpick your produce. We do all of this stuff for you. You're going to probably pay a little bit more for it, but you're going to have that human interaction that goes on with that, right? So that to me is what's going to go on. Same thing is going to be true with banks. You're going to have fully automated banks moving forward. You know, this, I, I don't understand the space that these, you know, these banks, even well, in, our, in our community, yeah. because these, these things are like, 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 uh, monuments to yeah, that, that whatever, right? And, and, but yet brick and mortar for banking is, it, it seems like it's a waste. It seems like a waste. And, and, and they're building more and more of these things all the time. And our community, you can't swing a dead cat without swinging, <laughs> without hitting the so, and what, bank. You have financial institutions. Two or three people working in the bank. Yeah. No. I mean, they're all up doing other things, but there's nobody on the regular floor anymore because everything has become so automated. I can't actually, I remember walking into one of the places I bank at not too long ago. I think it'd been the first time in three years I walked in there. And there was a time in my life, not that long ago, that that was a daily chore. Go to the bank. Well, yeah, you had to take your deposit out there because as a business owner, this was your your daily thing. You know, you'd go out there in the morning and, and uh, drop so off a check, daily deposit. If you have a check to deposit. Yeah. You deposit it or do you scan it? Scan it. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Done. Why would, why would I, why would I spend four dollars on gasoline to drive out to the bank and back or three bucks or whatever it is to deposit a check? And, and a lot of people don't think of it that way. It's like, me out of the office. <laughs> well, so there's that. If you're going that way, it's one thing. If you need to get out of the office, that's one thing. But if it's solely for the trip of dropping a check off, why are you even doing that? Yeah, morning deposits, you yeah. know. Uh, going back to the retail side and stuff, look at the 
you know, with that model where it's autonomous, you pull up and scan and think about the bigger cities, especially what's going on on the West Coast, the theft. Yeah. Look at the businesses that are pulled out of San Francisco, LA, and some of these big cities that, you know, the CVSs that have closed and the Walgreens that have closed and, and the Targets, by the way, the Walmarts closed. You should see the list. <laughs> I haven't done that for a while. Wow. I'm not sure what that was. I don't want to know. Don't explain everybody. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> wow. Sure. Anyway, I have. I don't think I've ever actually burped on the air before. That was a half a burp. You kind of caught yourself. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. funny, though. It is funny. Do it again. Okay. Well, do it again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I don't think I could do it again if I wanted but to. Look at the cities, especially on the West Coast. is Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, where businesses have just Box stores have pulled out. I mean, Portland, Oregon. There's no Walmarts in downtown, urban, anywhere in Portland. You, the crime was too high. You should see the list of stores that are closing for 2024. Yeah. It's in the thousands. Almost every major chain is closing stores. So now go to the warehouse model. And that is fully secured. Yes. And and most of it is West Coast, inner city. And, and all these you don't have to worry about going and trying to find somebody to buy a razor because they're locked up. It's crazy. Like if you go to a CVS in, in, in like Los Angeles right now, it's not just the razors that are locked. It's everything. It's everything. Everything's under lock and key. And for you to go and get a bar of soap, you have to chase somebody down or ring the thing so that you can say, yes, I want the bar of soap. So you walk in and they just give you automatically your own personal shopper to go with you? They almost the have to do. It's that. almost that bad. It is that bad, you know. And and you can just see the look in the clerk's eyes too. Like you, you're kidding me, right? I have to go help this guy out to get a bar of soap. I mean, I'm sure that's how they feel about it, right? It's it's kind of demeaning in a way. It's kind of this this fact that we can't trust anybody who walks into the store anymore, which is unfortunate. And see, that's why more people are going to be using Mando or Lumi, uh, because you know it's hard to get a bar of soap now. I have no idea what Mando or Lumi is. Really? You haven't seen those commercials no. everywhere? No. They're online. They're on TV. This is female gynecologist came up with this stuff for pits and privates and feet. It, like, you, apparently you don't have to shower on a regular basis because it gets you cleaner. Oh, I'm not really for that. I like, I like a good shower. Well, yeah, I like showering too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's Lumi for women and Mando for men. Okay. I'm going to check this out. But in lieu of not being able to go to the store and trying to track somebody down, it's sure. hard to get soap. Yeah. Well, maybe you go that route. But but you're right about the the retail thing, you know, the warehouse model where you can just order online or however you're going to order and you just drive up and pick it up. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's what they're all going to do because they can't afford to not do it anyway. Right. And, and at some point, they're going to, their business model. So if you're a, okay, I'm going to pick on CVS Pharmacy. Um, had to close a bunch of stores because of crime. Right. And they're their own business. So they, instead of wanting to pay a fee for an Amazon to have their products and act as a middleman, now they're just going to go to that model themselves. Makes all the sense in the sure. world. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses are going to, you know, these places that were like CVS, I think, I think I'd seen it as like 342 stores are going to close for CVS in 2024. Um, and they're, what do they have? 8,000 locations or something. They're big. They're very big. 
And so think about how much paper that's going to be saved. Because those CVS receipts where you get the sheet. I love sheet. So when I, I go to the, I, I've done the self-checkout the last couple of times, right? And because I, you know, me, I'm a geek and, and it's always been open. It seems, it seems kind of weird that CVS has a self-checkout, right? But I go up and I, I scan my stuff there and it always asks, you know, do you want the, do you want the receipt text or emailed to you, of course, or would you like a printed copy? How long is that text? That, well, that would usually <laughs> like a link, right? And I'm like, no, I want the printed copy. Boom. And it just prints out a whole booklet again. You know, it's yeah. just fun. It's all receipts and, yeah. and coupons. Yeah. And I wonder, I wonder if they're going to start putting the carbon footprint on the, uh, uh, CVS receipts, right? This, this receipt, you know, uh, by not printing this receipt, you would have saved two trees or something like that. That would be hilarious. Oh, that's going to go right on your ESG score. Yeah. Are we all going to get an ESG score? Personally, is that what the deal is there? At some point, I think that that's what they would like to do. Whole different crowd again. Explain what ESG is. Uh, so, environmental social governance. Okay. Um, so, think of it as, so, and you could see businesses going down this road from a, it's like a credit score. Um, and businesses actually do ESG reports at the end of the year. So, what what's your carbon footprint? And... Uh, depending on which conspiracy theorist you want to follow or not, um, everybody's going to have an ESG score. So you take a look at the, how that overlays with facial recognition software. Right. They're already doing this in which China. We, yeah, we've talked about this yeah, a we've talked for a while before. It's social like, score. Hey, your your social score didn't qualify, so you don't get to buy a house. And it's as simple as because we don't we we've. We've caught you jaywalking 18 times and that's lowered your social score so much that you can't eat at this restaurant anymore. Yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's ESG. Yeah. And, and instead of a credit, and, 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 we'll have a... But but instead of a, you know, social integration or whatever you want to call it kind of score with the facial recognition, it's an environmental score. Right. But, but they're probably going to overlap a little bit, I would guess. They have to. Because you're environmental, your personal environmental impact probably goes a long ways to determining the kind of character you are. You know, are you, are you drinking out of a paper straw or a plastic straw? Because the plastic paper straw don't work. is going to work against you both ways, right? Where if you drink out of a paper straw, you're environmentally conscious. It don't work. And you're socially. I, I'm not arguing that you don't. You know what to do it now. They're, they're doing the insides with micro uh, filament or whatever. It was just mine miniature beads of plastic. So they break apart and then they get into your... Or people just carry the stainless steel. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that too. Place. It's hard to find them. I don't... I've never been a straw person, so it's never really impacted me too much. I just drink glass. Depends if you got ice in your cup. Yeah. Makes a difference. Oh, yeah, because if you have ice in the cup, you crunch it. With, yeah. But yeah. then it's hard to drink without a straw. Does it look like I care? Milkshake. Haven't you seen? You have to have a straw for a milkshake. Or, or a spoon. Okay. Spoons are better. There's something about, it's like when you get a shake, right? And they give you the rest of it in the metal thing oh, with the man in. Um, that's the best, right? And that's why when I, that, you know, it's a spoon. Like long spoon. Yeah, yeah. They have a spoon. Even out of the regular milkshake, it's always better that way. With that metal spoon. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. So a longtime friend of ours has, has recently left us. Um, so Dolly Dakota, 
Steve, I know I never really worked with Dolly at radio, but I... my radio wife. Was she really? Yeah. So when I started doing all the talk shows uh, uh, in Bismarck on a big radio station, she was my producer for all of them. Okay. So, yeah. Phenomenal human being. I know when uh, when the Tech Ranch first started 10 years, 11 years ago now, it's hard to believe too. Um, you know, she would always be at the studio out there too. We always talked about that she should be on the show someday, but that never happened which is really too bad. Uh, but I really got to know her more because uh, she worked at our local Dairy Queen oh. as well. I always thought that was kind of a cool thing because, uh, you know, he's handed. It, it just, and she seemed to have so much joy in that job. You know what the part she liked about the job? Because um, she'd always worked at that Dairy Queen. And even when she was producing for me and, and my quote unquote radio wife and, and, it was the kids. It would, all the kids that work there were Dolly's kids. And they really respected her. And she was fiercely protective of her kids. Hmm. That, that was her family. Those kids that worked at Dairy Queen in Mandan, North Dakota. And Dolly was the shift supervisor. Yep. Those were her kids. And you didn't screw with her kids. It's just, I've talked to a lot of kids over the years that had worked there. I didn't know worked there. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, Dolly, because they knew I knew Dolly. And it's like, how's Dolly doing? And just like, yeah, it's just, she was just a phenomenal soul. And very courageous through her, her battle here. A lot of times, actually, you know, many times when I visited with her, I didn't even realize that she was battling cancer. She didn't let anybody know. No. She did not want cancer to impede on her life or to you know how some people with cancer it's like you, you know they've got cancer and they're fighting it and they're fighting it and um it's getting the best of them she's not dolly I mean, it, it, she was very guarded about even when it was getting the best of her not getting the best of her when it comes to her friends and family and right it, she's still dolly and, and th- that was a tough fight I know I'm putting down his spot a little bit here too, but any stories bubble up that that maybe make you smile, make you sad? All of them. I mean, just I actually some of the cool stuff too. It, it um it was a holiday time, and we're doing the talk shoes with my producer, and and um she had to go someplace, and she had her mom with her, and Grandma Jeannie, and I'm like go get her. We had her on the radio telling some of her stories for a while. And, and, and you could see Dolly just like hearing those stories and on the radio with her mom. It was just, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was, it, it was a very interesting, different snapshot in radio. It, it was just, it, but it was cool. You know, the other thing too with Dolly is, you know, very, very proud of her Native American heritage and her dancing. And I, I think with the cancer, what really bothered her a lot was not being able to dance to the extent that she wanted to and then not being able to dance at all. And I remember broadcasting from United Tribes International Powwow for the first time. And that was all Dolly. Dolly lined all that up. Dolly made all those connections. Um, because it was such a part of who she was and great radio, great 
stories to tell, great interviews, great Dolly. It was just, it, it, none of that happens without Dolly. Dolly was the person that's like, she could call up anybody and get anybody on the radio. Just, it, it was Dolly. She made everybody feel so at ease and was so matter of fact in her communication and her openness. I mean, you could talk to her and you knew that, well, there's no preconceived anything there. It just, it was an open book and, you know, she laid it all out there, an open soul and just, you could tell just a kind, kind person. And, and the one thing I've always prided myself on the radio side of stuff for doing interviews is, you know, it's an educational moment and I'm never going to do a gotcha. I, I'm not going to get somebody on the radio and set them up because I'm going to get you. It's, it's, I don't do it that way. Dolly never did it that way. It's like if Dolly called up somebody for me, they knew that, okay, well, they could be in the middle of the news about something, but that's not the way we were. It wasn't going to be a gotcha moment. Right. It was like, hey, tell your side of the story. She seemed to be, and I'm getting that from you right now too, that um, it's like everybody was family to her. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the, the story that you just said with her mom coming on uh, the show with you, to me, just really, really, and the way that she protected uh, the kids that worked with her over at the Dairy Queen in Mandan, North Dakota, uh, it all just sounds like extension of one very big family for her. If you were a listener to Dolly and any of her formats that she worked in radio and broadcasting, it, you were family. She called her up and talked to her on the radio. You were family. Yep. It, she just treated everybody that way. And it, it was just, it was so sincere and it was so genuine and it just, that came across, that came out and and it doesn't flow so easily like that with a lot of people, but with Dolly it did. Well, one thing's for sure, she's she is certainly going to be missed. And uh again, I didn't know her as well as as you did. And that it, well Actually she booked you on the show with me, and that's how you and I met, and then I did not know that. Yeah, she's the one that booked you. I Marlo who? <laughs> I didn't know. She's that. like, you need to talk to Marlo. It wow. was funny. It's like every week, it was like, you need to talk to so and such. You need to talk to so. I'm like, and I had just moved to Bismarck and, and Dolly lined all this stuff up. Okay. Dolly knew everybody. Yeah. As a producer, Dolly was the best producer anybody could ask for because she knew everybody. She had a connection to everybody, especially for somebody coming in new to a market. Sure. Sure. And she knew everybody. It's like, oh, you need to talk to Marlo. So. I, I was always, uh, obviously I went to the Dairy Queen a lot back when, when she was working. Not so much anymore, but you know, my body's built on bagels and Dairy Queen ice cream. What can I say? Uh, but, uh, she always, I'd walk in and I, she didn't even have to ask me after a while. I mean, I always had, I always ordered a large vanilla ice cream cone and, and, uh, she just always made sure that, you know, it had a little extra swirl on the top, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, making things up now but but it was all sure everybody uh, had extra yeah I'm, that was that was her personality everybody got extra true. wrinkles that is true. that was dolly but i always noticed when she was working that you know the, the other people the staff there were always they always seemed to be more organized it seemed to have a lot more fun when that was going on than when oh, she yeah. wasn't there so well, that was the other thing too is that dolly cracked the whip and i think that's why she had so much respect from all of her kids that worked at dairy queen um growing up and Dolly expected a lot, and she gave more than she expected. And I knew how much she worked at the radio station, too. So that's always the other thing that always amazed me is, like, you really don't have to be working here, Dolly, at the Dairy Queen. It was just, it seems such, like, two separate worlds. 
But actually, really, it's not. I mean, when you think about uh, the interaction of, of people, and I think she thrived on that. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I'm sure she loved that. And of course, people person. The Dairy Queen on a, on a, on a hot summer night was the place to be at the time, wasn't it? Well, and Dolly liked to be in the middle of the action. Yeah. She liked to be not the focal point, but she liked to have a lot going on around in her world. Yeah. And whether it's the summer at the Dairy Queen or at Pow Wow Broadcasting or doing a radio show from someplace, she was right in the middle of it all. Yeah. Well, Dolly, you will be missed. Yes, definitely. Dolly Dakota, um, big part of the uh, Bismarck Van Dam Broadcasting family. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. This is Outdoor Issues with Mia Roberts and North Dakota Game and Fish Outreach Biologist Greg Gullickson. We're talking big dates on the calendar this week for 2024 and that outdoors person. And Greg, a big one, of course, is that pheasant opener in October. What do you have for us there? You're right. We feed the dogs all year round and we walk them and we train them and another bowl of dog food, give them a little (laughs) extra pat on the head. Yep. And the big day for both us and for the dogs and you don't need a dog to pheasant hunt but the big day proposed for next year's pheasant hunt is going to be october 12th but one of the other things that comes with these a lot of these dates that we mentioned is the youth Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of these youth seasons open just prior to the regular season you know the youth waterfall opens the weekend before the resident waterfall youth deer actually opens in september the youth pheasant is the weekend before that October 12th when most of us can hunt pheasants. So appreciate all the youth opportunities that the North Dakota Game and Fish offers. All right, here, here to that, Greg. And hey, we'll talk fishing when we come back. Hi, these chicken tacos. Um, was the chicken humanely put down? Yeah. We pet him until he died. George Lopez in the All Right Tour. Saturday, January 13th, Four Bears Casino and Lodge. Tickets are on sale now at fourbearscasino.com, the Players Club, and 800-294-5454. Don't miss George Lopez Live. Nothing says game day like good friends and great food. And at Slim Chickens, we know great food. From our 100% all-natural chicken tenders, fresh-made wings served with house sauces, to delicious chicken sandwiches, crisp salads, southern sides, and desserts you just can't get anywhere else. At Slim, we have the food you love, made fresh for the people you care about. Dine in, drive through, or order online. Slim Chickens, fresh, delicious chicken. Talking calendar dates today on Outdoor Issues. And, Greg, let's talk fishing. And, of course, with that, it's more of a turnover date, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, in North Dakota, we don't have an opener. But you do need to renew that license April 1st. So just remember that. Keep your licenses current. The best way to do that is download the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. We actually have an app that you can pull up. And that's a valid license that you can actually show to a game warden out there as well. All right, good stuff, Greg, and that'll put a wrap on this report. If you miss one, catch us on the website, outdoorissues.com. Until next time, 
I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Outdoor Issues, brought to you in part by Four Bears Casino and Lodge near Newtown, North Dakota, by Slim Chickens in Minot, and by Bones Barbecue Smokehouse and Grill in Minot, now catering. Talk of the town. Local, interesting. A lot of things going on with flood insurance in the Bismarck-Mandan area and some things you need to know concerning the Missouri River and some changes that have taken place and, well, are you even going to be able to get flood insurance? Community events. Home Builders Association Parade of Homes going on started yesterday. We'll get the update on that as well this weekend on Super Talk 1270. Community organizations. Epstein Bakken along with Sarah Kelsch from the Bismarck Cancer Center. But I want to talk about the mission and where the mission has gone for those that are served that are dealing with with the cancer fight. What's going on in our community? That's Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. If you missed the show, check out the podcast on demand on the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town thanks our sponsors. Big Boy, Dakota Pharmacy, Benchmark Mortgage, Trademark Realty, Silver Ranch, Peak Automotive and Service, and Runnings. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. XXAM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. ABC News, I'm Brian Clark. Colorado certified former President Trump's appearance on the state's primary ballot, even though Colorado's Supreme Court ruled Trump is ineligible because he engaged in insurrection. The former president appealed that decision, and the U.S. Supreme Court is going to listen, says ABC's Stephen Portnoy. The high court's announcement that it will hear the Colorado case next month effectively puts a pause on efforts in other states to take Trump's name off the ballot. Only the Supreme Court justices can decide the issue now, and they'll operate on what for them is a speedy timeline. Oral argument has been set for February 8th. That's a month from this coming Monday. President Biden delivered his first campaign speech of the year and said the race is about whether American democracy will survive. The Pentagon announced that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had been hospitalized since Monday because of complications from what it called a minor elective surgery, but said he's been recovering well. This is ABC News. The longtime leader of the National Rifle Association is stepping down just ahead of a civil corruption trial. As CEO, Wayne LaPierre has led the NRA for more than three decades, where he pushed back any attempts at gun control in the face of mass shootings. But now the 74-year-old is resigning ahead of a New York civil trial, where he and other executives are accused of spending millions of dollars of donors' money on expensive perks, including, in LaPierre's case, the use of a 107-foot yacht. LaPierre has said cruising the Bahamas on that yacht was necessary because he was facing security threats in the U.S. after mass shootings. Dave Packer, ABC News. A former Colorado police officer was sentenced to 14 months in jail for his role in the death of Elijah McClain. Randy Rodima was the only law enforcement official found guilty of criminally negligent homicide in McClain's 2019 death. He died after paramedics injected him with a sedative during a police interaction. I'm Brian Clark, ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. 
With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. Becoming mostly sunny on your Saturday. Temperatures around 20 degrees. Winds out of the northwest over 20 miles per hour. Mostly cloudy, chilly Saturday night, a low around 11. For the daytime tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high near 23. Snow again Sunday night. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is made from a secret family recipe. Get it at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, it's 22. Hey, crew, join me, Jeff Tigger, Earhart, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck and my crew, as we find out what the cattle market for 2024 could hold. We have updates on your latest antibiotic usage plan, plus how to make buying bulls easier than you ever imagined. All that and more on this episode of the Ranch It Up Radio Show, Saturday at 5 p.m. right here on Super Talk 1270. Program schedule, updated local news, sports, contests, and more. Visit today at supertalk1270.com. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Well, back to AI... We left AI? Well, you know. <laughs> we had some other stuff we had to talk about this week. Um, so, self-driving cars. Um, Waymo came out uh, with their study here. And I know you know about this, too. And you and I... Not to be confused with Waymo. That's correct. Waymo, Waymo which is a Google company. And, and Waymo stuff, though. That, a lot of cool toys. I think they're still around, actually, aren't they? That is pulling. No. I mean, there was a time they had commercials all the time and, and whatever. Physical toys, though. It's th- things you played with. You know what would be funny? Board games. Right. If Waymo did commercials like Whammo. Oh, that would be cool. That would be hilarious, right? That would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to suggest that to Google. Yeah. Yeah. Because those would be funny commercials then. Those would be hilarious. Anyway, so Waymo, the self-driving car company, um has come up with this this uh statistic that I think has really I don't I won't say it's shocked the world, but it's really impressive. And and you and I, and I'm just gonna put some history to this. Um first you were just talking about the interview that you and I did about and that was about autonomous cars. Right. Back nine years ago, ten years ago now, I suppose somewhere in that neighborhood. We're That's that, I think. Hard to believe it's that long well, ago. Well and you were working on autonomous vehicle corridor Yes, with the, the autonomous state. friendly corridor with the state and actually with the a national corridor. Or shipping, no, and yes, and testing autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles up and down Highway 83, which is the longest contiguous road, and that's contiguous road. I learned that when I was working on this. Not continuous, contiguous, meaning right. it doesn't There's break apart. There. That's correct. Uh, goes deep into Canada, deep into, into Mexico. So we had border crossings that we would be dealing with. And, and this would be a place that, that the technology could learn about the kind of driving conditions and all of that stuff. So I was, I was thinking about, you know, with this technology that we'd even learn how to get through border crossings a lot quicker. 
you know, for the trucking industry because that can be a time-consuming process right now. Like if they were sealed in some place here that they could be autonomously checked to somewhere else and all of these things that we were talking about. And anyway, um, so at, how does the Canadian Border Patrol drag somebody that's driving a truck out of the truck when there's nobody driving the truck and wasting three of their hours? Well, there's that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. So there was a... There was a, uh, and at the time they were talking about, and this, and this is the thing I would talk about all the time, that the industry is talking that we're going to be, we're going to save up to 90%, uh, um, or there'll be a 90% reduction in accidents and fatalities, uh, because of self-driving vehicles. And I think a lot of people just thought that was just, uh, this kind of made up number, right? And, and I can understand that. I mean, if you have no statistics to back you up, it's just all blue sky, right? This is what you anticipate is going to happen. We're hopeful that this will happen. But now they've been out long enough to where there's statistics to back it up. That's correct. And I'm just, I'm just looking it up right now so that I can actually state what it said. This is amazing. So they've been out. They have, uh, many millions and millions and millions of miles. So right now Waymo operates in Los Angeles and in Phoenix. So these are self-driving, uh, Ride sharing, right? So like, uh, Lyft and Uber, right? So you can order up a self-driving car and they have many, many millions of miles. Uh, and this is their statement, an 85% reduction or 6.8 times lower crash rate involving any injury from minor to severe and fatal crashes. So it's 0.41 incidents per million miles for the Waymo driver versus 2.78 for the human driver. That's crazy. A 50% reduction or 2.3 times lower police reported crash rate, 2.1 incident per million miles for the Waymo driver versus the human driver. And what's funny about the, even the 50% reduction uh, in police reported crash rates is that most of the crashes are not because of Waymo. It's because it's the other person's fault, but they have, they're involved in a crash incident because somebody ran a uh, red light and crashed into them or what have you. But the technology is so good that even the avoidance that they have going on, somebody runs a red light, it catches it quicker to avoid the crash than what you or I could do. So it's really impressive, uh, the stats that have come out with this. And... Okay, so that means that over the 7.1 million miles Waymo drove, there was an estimated 17 fewer injuries and 20 fewer police reported crashes compared to if, if human drivers with the benchmark crash rate would have driven the same distance in the area we operate. But people have a hard time letting go of traditional driving for the sake of that because we only hear about the crashes. That's so right. So if, if an autonomous Tesla vehicle crashes. We hear about that. That's all over the news because that's right. not normal. Um, or if a Lyft or an Uber, especially if there's a fatality involved, it, we hear about that. So people just automatically assume that, well, that's the norm, but it's not it's the norm. Not that's the norm. why it's news. Right. And I think you have to think about it. We've been talking about self-driving cars for, you know, you and I for over 10 years, right? And yeah. self-driving cars are artificial intelligence. They're in these cars are in, you know, they're, they're making decisions while we're, while we're driving. So I find it interesting a lot of times when people are talking about how new artificial intelligence is, 
But yet we just have never really termed it that way before moving up to this. We've always talked about autonomous vehicles or self-driving cars. What do you think they are? These are, these are, this is AI working for our benefit already. It's just that now it's just, you know, because of other things that we see, uh, like chat GPT or whatever, that we're using these things a little bit more. And I wonder actually if, you know, this thing that you're talking about with us wanting to drive, I'm that way myself. I had a hard time, by the way. I've been in 43 uh, self-driving vehicles now. Couple uh, flying vehicles. Couple flying vehicles. That includes two flying vehicles. Because um, I'm assuming you were not driving those. <laughs> Just going to go on a limb there. They, uh, they wouldn't give me the throttle. I don't understand this. <laughs> oh, look, squirrel. <laughs> well, actually, you've, you've got a interesting story about you riding in one you and i were talking about one of the very first ones better than an accident yeah so i was um this is the second time i was in a self-driving vehicle so and i'm pretty unsure about being in the thing yet and the engineer was in the front and i had a camera crew in the back on this one because they were they were shooting the telemetry because they had a screen that was showing uh in the middle of the dashboard which is kind of crazy now i remember as i'm thinking about that because now all the new cars that you buy have this big tablet in the, in the middle but at that time that was not a commonplace thing so of course everybody's watching this tablet and it was showing the telemetry like when a pedestrian walks across what it looks like on there what the stoplight looks like it shows they had the uh the walkway painted and the street painted on the road and i mean all or, uh, the road painted on the screen and all this stuff using the LiDAR uh, and some cameras, right? And bringing all this stuff in. So you're watching this stuff and the engineer is driving and then we get to a certain point and he goes, all right, now I'm going to take my hands off the wheel and we're going to let the car drive for a while. So the first thing that was interesting, yeah, exactly. The first thing that was interesting is the amount of people that were flipping us off. Now, why do you think they were flipping us off, by the way? They recognize you. Well, okay. <laughs> wow. Did not expect that. So the car obeys the speed limit. Oh, yeah. And so I'm mean, guessing you're probably in California. Well, I was in uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, one, but, but, but yeah, exactly. Right. So if you're in a 40, I mean, you might as well just assume you're going to be doing 50 or 55, right? So can you set? I think you can. Well, like, I don't know if you have this in your car or not, but you have that, uh, uh, like four governor. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you have, it'll tell you, like, if you're breaking the speed limit, my car flashes like crazy if I'm four miles over the speed limit now, but I think you can change that a little bit, but generally it obeys the rules of the road, right? So that was going on. And, and now I'm having a conversation. Cause they know the speed limit on the road. They do. Yeah. They do. And, and, uh, I'm having a conversation, but I have, I still have my hand on the dashboard, right? I mean, I'm like, I don't really rise the dash. Yeah, not quite yet, but I'm like there. Leaving your finger imprints on. And having this conversation with the engineer about how this technology is working and whatever. And, and I look forward and this car in front of us is just screeching to just heartbreak, right? And all of a sudden I am, I am bracing for impact. Because I, you know, first of all, the car is driving way too close for the car in front of me that I would be driving. That's the first thing that I'm uncomfortable with. Because I it's an electric autonomous. Vehicle. It was not. It was gas driven or gas powered. Um, they had adopted. I think it was a Honda Accord that they had put their technology into. So it was a third party company on top of it. It wasn't like a Microsoft. It was. Um, oh my goodness. I'll think of the name of the company here in a little bit. They recently were purchased and, and now have been integrated into one of the big 
major three or four car companies. Anyway, yeah, you got to say four now because I guess there's Tesla in there, right? Yeah. And uh, anyway, this car comes to a screeching stop, and we're in the the rightmost lane of the vehicle or of the road. So there's eight lanes. We're in the rightmost. And if it was you and I, for example, I mean, our 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 intuitiveness would have had us look to the left to see if there's lane quickly that we could to move over, right? Well, the autonomous vehicle goes to the right, right into the shoulder, and comes right back out on the other side. The engineer didn't even notice this had gone on. I mean, he he was like, just like, you know, I, I, I bring it up to him. I'm like, well, yeah, let's hit that car. And he kind of looked at me real quick and he turned around and he, it was already, we were already past the end. But he, you know. he turns around and he goes, but did we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been good. That would have been good. But he, yeah, we almost hit that car. But did we? He didn't even think anything about it. That was what was so amazing about that whole incident. And it, it made me a very big believer and advocate of autonomous vehicles at that point because you could be totally distracted, you know, eating that Big Mac or, or playing with the radio or whatever. Taking a nap. The cars, well, maybe someday in the future that will be a possibility. I truly believe that will be actually. Uh, we can talk about that in a little bit, but. You know, you can be, you, you can be distracted in so many ways when you're driving the car, right? But the one job the car has to do is to drive you. What's your biggest distraction when you're driving? Probably music. Music? Yeah. I can get into a song and I'll get lost. Really? I've, I can't, there's one song in particular that I've received over half the speeding tickets I've ever got in my life <laughs> because of that one. Is it a Sammy Hagar song? No, it's not. Yeah, Sammy Hagar. Mine's food. I, I yeah. While I'm driving. Yeah, French fries. Yeah. That it, really? And we're back with the Tech Ranch, getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. I just want to reiterate, you reiterate this, Steve. The, that artificial intelligence has been involved in a lot of aspects of our life over the last decade that we probably didn't even really think about it. And a lot of it is in the driving space. So that warning that you get, how do vehicle do you have your general driving vehicle? Newest one's a 17. Okay. So do you have like lane changing warnings and things like that? In your vehicle, you know, like not on that one. Well, it's okay. So we actually have an 18. Okay. Yeah. My wife's got all that stuff. So, and, and, you know, like, um, uh, lane keeping, you know, and that I think that. So I think that's only been in the last two or three years. Actually, no, it goes back before that because, uh, my last pickup, I had a 2016 GMC and it it had a lane. Okay. Warnings and bells. And and of course, that would correct, which right before the, um, those commercials, uh, that first generation of that, you got about three corrections. And then it was like, okay, now we're overcorrected and bad things are going to happen. But it's, but it was a learning experience. Yeah. Too. But it was, uh, it was a step in the right direction. Sure. And, you know, so I have, uh, I have a 21 right now. I'm sure. You know, it's not going to be 2024 and I am itching like crazy to buy a new car, just so you know. So there'll be something, there'll be a new buggy in Marlowe's life here soon. Cause you know, I'd say I'm thing or I'm not sure. I might have, I might do the same Jeep again, but I'm, I'm looking around a little bit more now. So I had the same thing for same type of car for six years. Now it's a long time. Whoa. But two versions. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, cause I, I, I love all the new 
gizmos and whatever in the cars. But the reason I'm bringing this up is that vehicles mean more gadgets, by the way. I know. So a self-driving car, sometimes called an autonomous car or driverless car, is a vehicle that uses a combination of sensors, cameras, radar, and artificial intelligence to travel between destinations without a human operator. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing up all this other stuff is that AI is in your car right now. Well, think of the cars that, because uh, this one kind of, I, I, I find this fascinating, where you get the full, without a camera being on top of the car, you get a full view of what's around your vehicle. Have you seen that? Yes. So I've had a couple cars I've rented and I'm going into a parking lot spot, right, in a, in a Walmart or whatever, and it shows the stripes and the sides and I'm yeah. like, are you serious? Yeah. And the vehicle that's next to you and actually what it is. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. With, is that a camera up there? What's yeah. What's going on? Yeah. It's because it's got little cameras all over yeah. the place. And it's, you know, so it's cool. I, I love, I love these new little things. And for me, who, you know, I'm parking impaired for the most part, just ask my kids. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It seems like the older I've gotten now, I don't know what a straight line is anymore. I'm an, I'm an abstract individual already, but now my parking shows that, I guess. Why are you looking at me this way? You're reminding me of my wife a little bit. She, she has no concept of how to use the camera. Well, I don't vehicle. I don't have a problem with that. I, I, it's right there. Just back up between the lines. Right. She right. can't do it. I don't she have a, can't do it. My, my problem is always over the hood. And I know just because I'm taller than the average person, so I sit up a little higher. So you should see over the middle. See, I would, I would not think that I do that, but I, I always, I always underestimate the amount of space I have. So I'll get out of like a larger vehicle, like when I rent something and I'm like, you know, a third of it's still sticking past beyond the uh, yellow stripe lines. You know, I'm like, no, not again. So I got to get in and pull yeah, it forward. Did I solve that? How do you solve that? When you're parking, my favorite thing to find when I'm parking, pull throughs. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. So if you find the pull through and pull a little further than you need to. Right. And then put it in reverse and the camera kicks on. Right. See, then you're good. I wish they could have the camera on when you're not just in reverse. So I have some of those now. Because I would find that very beneficial. Yeah. Think about it when you're uh, towing a trailer. Yeah. Front and, 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 and yeah. you want to make sure that that trailer is still secure as you're towing that trailer you should be able to look back there rather than having to be in reverse before the camera works. Well, and they're actually making them, you know, they have the dash cams, right? Right. So now these front forward cameras, you can actually turn the thing, you can put a chip into the, uh, some cars are making this now, or aftermarkets are making this too. We can just put the chip into the tablet that's on your, and then record to there so the front forward camera is always recording. Yeah, but I don't know what's going on. If I, I tow a trailer a lot, and I want to be able to go, okay, yeah, that Trailer's still secure. Oh, so you want the back? I want the back camera, you're, you're, which would be the backup camera. For, yeah, yeah. But only works in reverse. But cool. when I'm doing 65, 75 down the highway and I'm towing a trailer, you know, it's nice to be able to go, okay, what's in the trailer there? Or if you're in traffic, know if somebody's Already really close on your, on your butt. Right. Um, so mine has that. The, yeah. Right, right on the screen, I can go right in the controls and, and turn on rear camera, and it'll turn it on. While you're driving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with my vehicle. I think that, uh, um, I, I might clarify that with while I'm driving. I guess I've never had it on where I'm 65 miles. Away. Yeah. But see, they can turn that on while you're driving. Up. Yeah, because a lot of that stuff, once you get past, like, 15 or 20 miles an hour, it gets disabled. Well, and the reason I bring it up is, like, you'll see that on advertisements for new 
vehicles, trucks mostly, where they'll have the full around. Right. And you can monitor the the load behind you while you're driving. I think they don't want you watching the screen while you're driving because they want you watching them forward. But but maybe that's moderated a little bit. Uh, I can see. I mean, that's like display. I think the display. I do too. Love heads up display. All right. So a question for you. So I know you have a problem giving up or having not having somebody behind the stream. Would you be more well, or less a practical joke and you're screwing with somebody that's different? Would you be more comfortable if it was a robot, like a, a human <laughs> robot that was driving you? Maybe? Like, like well, Ed in Black, push the button. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to the, the uh, chauffeur uh, with the black tux. With the pilot, right the, the co-pilot from airplane. Yeah, that would be that hilarious. would be hilarious. Oh my goodness, I want that one. Yeah, I want that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be all good with that. Yeah, it's, push that button. Go ahead. Yeah. So, could you imagine the looks you'd get oh, by under the road with that? That actually would be. Uh, would that work in the hub light? A hilarious prop. If you have, if you're the passenger, yes, and then you and, have, and you have this autonomous inflatable driver. I don't. But you're the passenger. I don't know because people will put. Yeah, they buy the mannequins yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and, and put in the passengers. Your fines for that. Yeah, to try to yeah. pull the police. Yeah. If you're the actual physical passenger. I wonder if that would work. I think it's two or more people. It's how they work. So you have to have a person. And I'm not driving. Ticket them. Two people. No matter how you're, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but the, the officer's not going to be looking at who's behind the steering wheel. The officer's going to be looking at the passenger to make sure the passenger is not a mannequin. The other thing about the Waymo uh, story here, did you notice that it's it's 50-some percent less police uh, citations or something like that. So I'm like, what is, what is, so how does that look? You, you and I were just kidding about this a little bit ago, but in real life, what does that look like? If the police officer is walking up to a driverless vehicle that has now made an infraction, like it didn't yield enough or something like that at a, at a yield, right? Whatever it looks like. I don't know. Um, who you, t- I mean, it's like Patty Shack when they pull across the golf course and, Chevy Chase is in the passenger seat. Yes. Or, you know, in the driver's seat, but he doesn't have the steering wheel. Right. Right. <laughs> who are you thinking here, right? Yeah. Who, who are you in the ticket to? Well, my guess is that, you know, and I need to look into this. My guess is that the person who owns the vehicle is the person who's going to get the ticket for it, right? I mean, that has to be how it works. You know, that brings up an interesting question, though, on the policing side of stuff, because, you know, things come back to insurance. Right. So if you're 50% less likely to get an accident or get a ticket, a citation, then you're probably going to have a lower insurance rate. You've returned to the Tech Ranch, where technology is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. Artificial intelligence. Now, we've talked a lot about cars, but where do you where do you think AI is going to go in 2024? Space travel. So tell me more. I just have this, it's dangerous for people to navigate space. So with artificial intelligence, you're going to have an opportunity to do longer, more intricate missions for exploration in space. When you integrate AI with some of the probes that uh, get sent out into space and 
in a hundred years, we're all going to have to figure out how to circumnavigate with V'ger. <laughs> but that's where I see AI going next. Is, right. is, is from like a a big integrated piece of technology. It, it's space travel. So let's see. So Artemis two. Uh oh, I was close. Is supposed to. Go into orbit, I think it's in November of 2024. So that is the next planned lunar mission. So we're going back to the moon, by the way. Really? You know this? I heard talk of it. Yeah, so Artemis... We have a date for it now? Artemis 1, Artemis 1 was... Um, mm-hmm. Is that a year ago now that we went around the moon? I think it's been about a year. It was like a 28-day mission or something. Yeah, because we had to see if the Chinese or the Decepticons were there. That's correct. Maybe it's not a year. It it might just feel like a year. So Artemis II will not be a landing mission. Rather, it will send the four crew members around the moon and back to Earth. So, um, And that'll be, looks like in November. Artemis III is set for 2025. It's planned to be the first crewed lunar landing. So basically within the next two years, we're going to be sending a, a crew around the moon, and then we're sending a crew to the moon. So that's the plan, and I'm sure that um, AI is going to have a huge part of that, of course. the, the I'm just reading from the Artemis program on Wikipedia here. The mission depends on a support mission to place a Starship human landing system, HLS, in place uh, in a near rectilinear rectilinear halo orbit of really so well if you think about it though that's the next step because eventually it nasa in space travel the next step is mars but we have to go back to the moon because that's going to be the jump off point you're not going to launch off of earth for a mission to mars at least a, a populated mission to Mars, you can't carry enough fuel. Right. So you're you're going to have to launch off of the moon. And I would have to think that, you know, with any type of moon base that we'll be building, uh, that AI is going to be an integral part of all of that. So I find that interesting that you bring up space. I mean, every, everything from, you know, by having AI on a moon base will help you with, with buildings. Right? How do you how do you uh, construct a building in this crater over here? Right? Well, AI will take a quick look at that and say you could do this, 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 and this starts starts the three D printer. And the next thing you know, you have a livable quarters. Right? So I think that's where AI is really going to become a big thing with that, and of course with mission planning and all of that. So interesting. Um, anything else that you can think of for AI in twenty twenty four that you think is going to be pretty significant? Well, the transportation piece is huge, but it's already in cars. Although I guess space travel is kind of transportation too, right? Yeah. Um, logistics. You know, we've had such a huge problem coming out of COVID with logistics. And I see AI, you know, filling some of that supply chain issues and, and solving those problems. That's another place I see it going. So we have a ton of, of uh, supply chain issues going on yet. It's it's like it really hasn't improved much since COVID is, you know, for all purposes over. 
Why, why do you think that is, Steve? Why do you think that, that, uh, I mean, is it just that everything got so wonky during COVID that we just haven't had enough time to, to work our, work its way out, so to speak, so we get back to normal logistics or what's going on? No, I, I, I think besides the, the supply chain and things stopping, um, taking a pause with COVID, it was workforce things, supply shortages, product shortages, um, there's a shift taking place. Um, where does that supply chain from a materials perspective, where are things going? Where do things need to be? Where do you order a washing machine from? You go to the store and pick it up and drive it home or do you order it now and it comes from a warehouse someplace and gets dropped off at your door? Um, I think we're going through a paradigm shift and that's kind of exacerbated some of the issues that were lying out there with the supply chain. So, you know, are you going to the store or are you ordering from Amazon? You know, where those things go and are stored or in a lot of cases ordered and manufactured because that's where things would like to go. You take a look at the auto industry. Um, the model that they would like to have is not going to your local car lot and picking out your vehicle and driving off the lot. No, you go online you or you go to the dealership and build and your build gets delivered in three weeks. That That's what they would like to see because now you're not whole, handling all this inventory. That's expensive. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things I think is going to be really interesting as we start moving forward is the way we communicate with artificial intelligence. So you and I are used to talking to our, our Google appliances and, and Alexa, right? You know, I have an astral that sits up front that I talk to as well. Did you know that you can talk to AI? Does it answer you back? Here we go. Okay. So I'm thinking about a marketing idea for Steve and I for the tech ranch, uh, bringing some unique guests into the show. What are you familiar or are you familiar with the tech ranch radio show? I'm not personally familiar with the tech ranch radio show. But I'd love to help with your marketing idea. Could you could you tell me a bit more about the show and what kind of unique guests you're considering? Go to www.thetechranch.com and familiarize yourself with the radio show. So now it's thinking. You can hear it thinking a little bit. I make that same noise when I think. Do you really? Yeah, I do. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm hoping you can hear that okay. Yeah. Okay. So I probably don't have the best internet connection here in the in the office, but it's actually going to the website. Tech Ranch is a radio talk show led by guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, <laughs> a visionary and tech enthusiast who frequently contributes to national news stories on technology trends. And he's so handsome. Collaborated with industry giants and is involved in projects like the National Day Calendar and initiatives to combat climate change. The site didn't provide specific information about Steve Backen, but Marlo Anderson is known for his ability to engage and educate audiences in a fun and informative way, making tech events memorable and teachable. I have no idea where you got all of that, but that's fantastic that you don't know anything at all about Steve. Now that you know this much about the tech ranch, it's not like we're dating or any yeah. How we can make the tech ranch better. So now it's thinking again. I heard you about the comment with us dating, so it should be interesting to see what it is. To enhance the tech ranch, consider diversifying your guest lineup with experts from emerging tech fields. 
hosting interactive segments where listeners can ask real-time questions. Isn't that voice amazing as well? Yeah. Like showcasing local tech startups or innovators, collaborating on special editions with tech influencers or industry leaders could also broaden your audience and bring fresh perspectives to your show. What is your take on artificial intelligence in 2024? And again, thinking this is AI. In 2024, artificial intelligence is likely advancing rapidly with improvements in understanding natural language, decision-making, and problem-solving. AI might be more integrated into daily life, powering everything from home automation to advanced medical diagnostics. However, alongside these advancements, there are also increased discussions about ethics, privacy, and the impact on employment. The focus is likely on balancing innovation with responsible use. So the reason I'm bringing this up, Stephen, and we, we could play with that all day long, right? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's fascinating. So because you're going to be able to talk to an intelligence, will you use a search engine as much? Probably not. That's my point. So I think the way we look for information is about to change at a scale we've never thought of before on the internet. You know, I have a, want to have an intelligent conversation. It changes the scope of who I want to talk to now. Well, there, there's, <laughs> no, I, haven't, I haven't played around with, uh, with ChatGPT's voice enough to know that if I can change it to different voice packs or whatever, but, but what's on there now almost feels realistic. The, even, even the, uh, the tones of the conversation feel like you're talking to somebody. It's not like you're listening to, um, well, and I noticed at the beginning too, that she had a little slip up and kind of repeated herself on a word. I'm like, that's how people normally talk too. And, and that's what's funny about this. Yeah. I was actually using it the other day, uh, to write some stuff for me. And she came back and she would say something and she kind of chuckled sometimes. And occasionally she even coughs here and there. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is like having a conversation. Well, she learned from you. That doesn't use the words so as much as you, though. Probably not. I could teach her that. Did you ever come up with that little app that's going to shock you every time you... Not yet. Okay. But I should work on that. Yeah. But impressive, right? Yeah, very much so. And I could see, I'm just thinking to myself about driving down the road, wanting to work on something. Now I have, instead of just you know, saying to type this out or whatever, I can just have this conversation, you know, work on a business plan. I could just go back and forth with the AI now working on a new business plan or a proposal for somebody or whatever. I mean, the ability, I'm not the world's greatest typer, as you know, anyway, right? So this ability to have a conversation and and if the AI doesn't get it right away, you can just correct them right away. You don't have to type up a whole other scenario or whatever, because you just talk to them. Like, oh, and I do voice to text a lot. I do while too. Driving, yeah. And this brings that to an entirely different level of conversation. Entirely, yeah. Because you're actually in, instead of just like sending text out or whatever, which is great. I mean, it's a, it's a great communication tool, right? Well, and everybody but, truncates everything too. So you, you'd leave words out and you'd, you don't have to. So you and I have had this conversation before about, you know, how language is changing because of texting. Right. So instead of the voice to text, you're actually having a conversation 
is that going to salvage some of that language lost? I think yeah, for me it does, that's for sure. I find that artificial intelligence, intelligence when I do things like have it write things for me, like an email or whatever, right, that it is more proper. It doesn't take shortcuts like you and I would, you know, it's not going to put an LOL in there because it's, you know, because he thinks it was funny. It's very, it's very professional. If you want it to be, it can be lighthearted if you want it to be. Uh, it's really interesting when it comes to that. I just, you know, I'm not to go back to this talking to the AI, but I mean, the ability to sit and work on a proposal, right? Upload a proposal to the AI. Like let's say you're working, let's say you work in the housing industry or construction and you're building a house for somebody, right? Or you're, you're remodeling an office space for somebody or whatever. While you're driving, you could have a conversation. You could upload the plans, have a conversation about it. And when you're happy with it, then you say, can you send that over to Steve Walken for me? And, and the AI will go, absolutely. And bang, there you go. I mean, you've got this work done while you're doing these other things. I mean, you could be mowing the yard, you could be doing whatever and being more productive with your life if you want. I find it amazing. The other thing that's interesting too is that, and I've tried this a few times with it already. Um, well, in fact, we'll just try it right now. I'm thinking about making some supper. I have a quarter pound of hamburger in the fridge, some milk, some cheese, I have macaroni noodles, ketchup, um, and some spices in the cupboard. What can I make? Second here. With those ingredients, you can make a simple and tasty homemade cheeseburger macaroni. Cook the macaroni noodles, brown the hamburger, and then mix them together. Add milk and cheese to create a creamy sauce and season with your favorite spices. A dash of ketchup can add a nice tangy flavor. Enjoy your meal. Is that incredible <laughs> or what? <laughs> Marlo's five-star restaurant. <laughs> Helped by AI. <laughs> This would, this would be my cheat if I was ever on one of the cooking shows and they bring over. Why am I one of these? You know, and they bring you these surprise ingredients. Yeah, that I asked her to play off. Yeah, I would just have my AI right there. What can I make with this now? You know, yeah. It's amazing. Still have to do the cooking. Well, yeah. Still have to do that. But it, it's, to me, it's just, it's incredible what's possible with AI. Welcome back to the Tech Ranch. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Are you a New Year's resolution person? Not really. Really? Have you ever made a resolution that you kept? Mm, not really. <laughs> what was your resolution from last year? I probably didn't make one. Okay. Not big on resolutions. It's like, if you need to make a resolution about something, then that's probably something you should correct before just the first of the year. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Kind of a bigger picture. I did make a resolution a couple of years ago when Alice and I were in Las Vegas for, um, you know, they have a lot of pigeons. So I resolved. Yay, squab. Yes. Resolved shortly after. What that <laughs> So just so you know, they actually let you close to. I never kicked a pigeon in the before that either. Oh, okay, but, yeah, clearly. I, I just wanted to let you know that that was my New Year's resolution because I I never have before, and I figured I could probably. I'm gonna hold to that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it's a good it, resolution. It's not like you know me making a resolution to not eat bagels or that ain't gonna happen. Or not go out and buy the next greatest thing in technology, right? Yeah, no. Uh, 
Oh, that's, that's going to be this year. I wonder what. This is the thing. Yeah, and I know we're just kind of, you know, 2024 is right here, right now. What do you think is going to be your next tech purchase? Because there's going to be a ton of stuff that's going to come on in a couple of weeks after CES. I'm I'm tempted. I'm tempted to get a, a tech watch, smart really? watch. Yeah, it, it's not going to happen. But I'm tempted. Why? Why haven't you got one yet? First of all, I don't need to be tracked everywhere. My phone does that for me. Well, then with your um, but I just I like my old wristwatch. I I, I like nice watches. I'm, and and I, well, I, I love a wristwatch. I've got a nice Swiss Army watch. I've got I, so my mom's husband collected watches when he passed away. I got his watch collection. I like. Nice timepieces. Yeah. Really do. So that more than anything else prevents me from, because I, I wouldn't wear it. I, I just, unless I'm wearing one on each wrist, I like my nice wristwatch. Interesting. And uh, so do you think that... I got some nice pocket watches too. I, I would really be interested to see, to have most fine watch establishments, jewelry stores or, you know, because there are just watch establishments, right? right. You go to the big towns. Do most of them have digital watches in their stores too, or do they? No. So no. So I would have to think that their sales have gone down dramatically. And well, it depends on what you're getting too. I mean, when's the last time you saw a uh, smart Rolex? I haven't exactly. Do you think but they still smell sell Rolex? Oh, of course they do. A no, lot of it's a status symbol. Right, Rolex. Right. Do you think that there'll be a time when Rolex? decides that they're going to sell a $10,000 or $20,000 Rolex with digital capabilities in it? Possibly. Some AI, maybe, that you can talk to your watch. At some point. You can really Dick Tracy a watch when it's caught 20 grand. <laughs> Have you seen people walking around talking to their watches? Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I do it all the time. My wife does that. She actually, she uses her her watch to find her phone all the time. Yeah, it's, that's actually a cool feature yeah. with it, right? Uh, yeah, you'll see me walking around the office sometimes, and I'll be talking to it, and then I put the, my wrist up to my ear, you know, so it's so reminiscent of the old Dick Tracy cartoon. You know? Everybody walking around the office going, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Isn't that something? So Dick Tracy, what, came out in the 30s, 1930s, yeah, and had the watch. Yeah. That was part of, I mean, that all, I mean, you think of Dave, Dick Tracy as being this old type of cartoon, uh, but yet had some of these high-tech devices in there that is now a true thing. You can do video conference on them and everything. It's just amazing when you think about it. It's pretty fascinating. I, you think about the uh, snippets of technology in places you didn't expect them. And, and Dick Tracy, great example. Go back to the... Uh, um, I forget who was the author of Dick Tracy. Um, don't in the, in the cartoon. Yeah. But, uh, where did they get that idea? Yeah. And then how far fetched did they think that idea was? And they didn't even have cell phones. No. In there. It was a talking watch. Yeah, it was a talking watch. Or a phone watch or whatever. Yeah. Or a phone watch, yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Got to be able to talk to base. Yep. Yeah. Headquarters. Yeah. Yep. But, did they think that it was such an abstract, which brings up a great question, though. I mean, and, and I reference Star Trek a lot. And look at all the technology that came out of Star Trek and sci-fi movies. And 
is it a chicken and the egg scenario? So do those things get invented because somebody thought about them in that sci-fi moment? Or did the sci-fi moment have an inkling about what was coming? Yeah, seeing something somewhere or whatever. Yeah. Something said, I'm going to add that to my movie yeah. or whatever, right, or my book. Uh, now, in the case of Dick Tracy, there's no way that happened. Well, and like the very first video ever made or the movie ever made was, I forget the name of the movie, but it was Going to the Moon. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever watched this, like, it's the old Milaka thing and the moon got poked in the eye. Crazy, right? Right. And, you know, a hundred or not even a hundred years later, that was only been, that had only been about 70 years later from that point that we were on the moon. I mean, think about that. There wasn't even a computer. So do science, scientists watch all this old stuff and go, okay, that's a good, that's a great idea. I'm going to come up with that. I think so. Again, chicken and the egg. You, you have to wonder about some of the technology. Um, does it come from somebody had this abstract thought in science fiction and then, hey, that was a good idea. I well, bet I, I bet I could do that. But technology always builds on itself anyway, right. wherever it comes from. And I always talk about the example of uh, your smart device, right? You have, you start with the cell phone and then somebody says, hey, we're all carrying these these smartphones. What would happen if we like, can we text on those? Which always amazed me right away that that was the next big thing. Like, what, we're going to go from talking to texting? This doesn't even make any sense to me. I mean, I can just leave a message on Steve's voicemail, and this is a lot faster than me trying to type a letter to him. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. But, of course, texting takes over the world. It was like, well, we got sensors now. I wonder if we could put a camera. You know, we, we're making digital cameras. People are selling them individually. But they're small enough. We could put those in a phone. That's a brilliant idea. See, that changed the world when it came to carrying a phone and having a phone with you. Because think about going to a concert or going someplace, you always had to have your camera. All of it, right? With you. And, and then the phone was a convenience. Now it's who's got a camera anymore? It, it's about the everything's on their phone. Which means now you can't leave anywhere without your phone. I could leave my phone and disconnect and not have a problem with that. But if I'm on vacation, I got to have my phone with me because it's my camera too. So that intersection of the two technologies made that device indispensable. And it gave inspiration to millions of other people for apps and everything else. Now we have 2 million apps. We have... Hundreds of millions of people. Is that what we're up to? Companies, two million apps. Yeah. Isn't that something? I would think that would be more. Yeah. I mean, you get to a point where it's not this crazy gradient going straight up now with apps. You have to have cool stuff that really makes the grade now. But anyway. Well, anyway, I know that we're at the end. So I just want to wish everybody a happy new year. Should we sing old Lang Syne? I only know the first three words. <laughs> I just come out all the rest of the way through. <laughs> which is what I'm going to do with you in a couple nights. Actually, that's tomorrow night. Yeah, New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's, everybody. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. 